the thing I like the most about Blind Adrenaline are the people. The people are great. It's easy, it's fun, and it brings together a good community of blind folk. Everyone will probably say this, but I love the interface. I like the interface. All the information is there. Blind Adrenaline has a superior interface. I love the people, of course. I love the interaction between people. It is really lots of fun. It's just done right. I really do love it, for sure. I enjoy meeting new people. It all just works great together. I love all of it. With cool events going down every day of the week, an interface second to none, and the ability to play from any web-enabled device, Blind Adrenaline is the premier online card room for the blind. Come join a great group of people and play for free at blindadrenaline.com. Blind Adrenaline. Sounds like fun. From Wellington, New Zealand to the world, it's the Living Blindfully podcast. Living your best life with blindness or low vision. Here's your host, Jonathan Mosen. Hello, in a longer than usual episode, we're focusing entirely on one app which could change the way you think about creating written content on your iPhone and other Apple devices. It's all about an app called Drafts. I'll speak with its creator and give you a comprehensive demonstration. Thank you for downloading this episode. If you're traveling back from conventions or you're doing some traveling in the Northern Hemisphere where it's summertime, I hope this lengthy episode will keep you company. There is no area code 238 in North America to tell you about. Maybe it could be allocated to everybody who buys drafts. Wouldn't that be a cool premium thing? Pay your annual subscription and get a number in the 238 area code. However, the country code for area code 238 belongs to Cape Verde, the Republic of Cape Verde, which has its official name Cabo Verde. I think you pronounce it Verde. You may pronounce it Verde like the composer. It is V-E-R-D-E. There are a lot of volcanic islands going on in this republic, kind of like New Zealand. We have a lot of volcanoes as well, and a little over half a million people in the republic. So if you happen to be listening from there, it is a pleasure. It's a privilege. Thank you so much for listening. My long summer break is often the time when I try new apps and techniques that might improve my productivity during the rest of my busy year. And over my most recent break, I reinstalled an app that I tried some time ago and discarded. Now, I can't explain why, but the penny just dropped for me this time in a major way. And now Drafts is an app that has become so important to the way that I work that it has one of the coveted places on my iPhone dock. I'll give you a demo of Drafts from a blindness perspective soon, but first, I'm I'm joined by its talented creator, Greg Pierce of Agile Tortoise. Now, he's been developing iOS apps since the beginning of the App Store. He's both seen and created a lot of significant change. Greg, it's a real pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Is there a story behind that name, Agile Tortoise? Where did you get that? I admit it's relatively random. When I first uh, quit my job and went into independent development, first at consulting, later in apps. I needed a name for the company. I was looking for a domain name I could capture. And I sort of have a history with turtles. They're sort of my spirit animal. And uh, so it was something that kind of tied together with the connotations of agile and software development and my own interests. And I thought it had a sense of humor to it. It's a big leap of faith to quit your job if you've got a stable income coming in and do this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the time, I 
went independent in 2006, so it's pre-App Store. Mm -hmm. And I do apps now, but at the time I was doing software consulting. And I had some steady clients at the time that helped make it easier, but it was a process. But one I've a leap I'm very glad I took in the long term. When did drafts come along? I originally released it just for the iPhone in 2012. So it's been over 10 years now that I've been working on this app. It started small, but grew to the iPad and eventually to the Mac. And uh, it sort of found a niche in the productivity space. People got excited about some of the concepts in it. And uh, I've been able to build it over time to where it's really primarily all I do now is work on drafts as a platform. Yeah, I've been talking to people on Mastodon about drafts, and I've been actually posting to Mastodon from drafts, which is pretty cool. And some people have been coming back and saying, well, I really look forward to this podcast you're going to do because I just don't understand why it would benefit me. You've described drafts as the place where text starts. It's a great little slogan. But for those who perhaps don't find it intuitive, how do you do the elevator pitch for drafts? Why should people use it? Well, I like to tell my origin story for drafts, really, which is where the idea came from is a very practical problem I had with my iPhone one day. And this is, mind you, back in 2012, the OS was less sophisticated then. But I was writing an email to my wife. Uh, I was out somewhere and uh, was jotting down some notes to her in an email. And I realized about a sentence into it that I really should text her this, not send it as an email. Now, that sounds like a relatively simple problem, but on the iPhone, it was pretty painful. You had to select the text, you had to copy it, you had to quit the mail app, you had to go back over to messages, you had to create a new conversation or find the one you were looking for, paste it in, send it. You know, it's a lot of steps, a lot of cruft involved in that process. And it seemed way too complicated to me, and I, I wanted to solve that problem. So I wanted a place where I could just open my phone and start typing or dictating or whatever, get something out of my head before I knew what I wanted to do with it. And that was the core concept of drafts is to be a place where you just had a quick, easy notepad. Anytime you had an idea you didn't want to forget, you woke up in the middle of the night with a, a thought, you were going to send a message to someone, you could always just open it and start typing and figure out what you were going to do with it later. And that's the flip side of drafts is what you do with it later and enabling that process and building on actions so straight from the app, you could do things like tweet or post to Mastodon or send an email or a message or save it as a to-do in your task manager, those sorts of things that enable drafts to become sort of a centerpiece in a productivity flow where you always just start there. You have a simple place to open your phone and get something down and figure out what to do with it later. And you seem to have taken care of a loading time too, because one of the things I like is that you double tap drafts in the case of voiceover user on your dock or wherever it lives. It's instantly there and focus is placed right in the edit field, which for a voiceover user is something quite significant, I think. Right. And one of the key features, even from the first version of drafts also was that when you launch the app, it creates a new note ready for you to type. It doesn't return to your last note. It doesn't start at your list of notes and then you have to go create one. It just always comes up here. Here's a new note, type something. Um, that's kind of saves taps, saves uh, interaction. And the goal with that was really 
those situations where you don't want to deal with your phone. You just want to take it out of your pocket, get something down quickly, put it back in your pocket, deal with it later. So I wanted to minimize the amount of steps involved. One of my aha moments with drafts happened on the 4th of January, which was Louis Braille's birthday. And so we call that World Braille Day. And I really wanted to send some reflections along about what Braille the man and Braille the code mean to me. So I wrote a piece that was up to 2000 characters, which is the maximum length of my Mastodon instance that I use. And I had a hotkey set up. I mean, I'm using a Bluetooth Braille display with a QWERTY keyboard. So I was just able to press a hotkey with a draft action and off it went to Mastodon. On Facebook, I don't have a character limit. And we'll talk about Facebook in a bit. But in that case, I expanded the post a little bit and copied it to the clipboard and sent it along to Facebook. And then I thought, this is a really personal reflection. So I was able, with another hotkey, to send it to my day one journal. I mean, that is really slick to have things in one place like that and modify it and file it in different places, send it to different places. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the goals. I wanted you to be able to do anything with it. And almost everyone has in their life multiple social media outlets. They have multiple messaging tools, whether it's iMessage, WhatsApp, or whatever. They have multiple task managers. Maybe they have one they keep their personal stuff in and one for work and all. And to be able to integrate with all of those sorts of different services and platforms made drafts very powerful for almost anyone's workflows and you didn't find yourself getting stuck. And even in the worst case, there's simple actions to copy the text to the clipboard Mm. to use in a different app without the extra fiddly bits of selecting all the text and and things like that. Just anything you could do to take taps away and make it more convenient. So is it common for people to have a similar experience to the one I did where you look at drafts and you think, I'm not sure that this is going to help me much. I don't get it. And then suddenly something happens and the penny drops and it becomes an indispensable tool. Or do most people just intuitively get it right away? It is definitely a process that's actually shaped the business model of the app in that there's a generous to use free version that you can use indefinitely that syncs to all your platforms and stuff. And I wanted to make that available because I've had so many users come to me and say they tried it once and didn't get it, or they sort of had it on their phone for three months or six months until one day some particular situation came up and it kind of clicked for them. And I think a lot of people don't they say, oh, I've got a notes app, whether they use Apple Notes or they use one of the other many notes apps. And why would I want another notes app? And the thing is that drafts can play a kind of different role in your life for ephemeral texts or things you want to go to different places and stuff. And a lot of people, I think eventually when it clicks with them, they use it as sort of a front end to all these other systems they work with. And that's not something you get overnight. I think it's something that you have to experience and find that niche where it fits in your life. You've gone with a subscription model, and this is a common model these days, but people do object to it. They object to the number of subscriptions that they have. And I think about my own situation. I have a lot of subscriptions to apps now, but I think app developers struggled for a long time to find a viable model. And in a case like yours, where it's a full-time gig, you've got to make money somehow, right, to keep the app developing. Yeah, I think there's a variety of complicated limitations to the App Store marketplace. It was originally a paid upfront app. And then over time, I released several updates to it, 
which you had to release as an entirely new app that you asked people to pay for again. And there was a lot of downsides to that from a business perspective, not just timing and stuff. But in the App Store, you would be at a whole new URL. Like if people had links to your app, the old one wouldn't exist anymore. Your old reviews, your ratings, and things like that. So you'd kind of have to build from scratch every time you'd re-release an update like that. And structurally, for a person like me, it did not give the opportunity to work on it on an ongoing basis and provide constant updates to the app. Switching to the subscription model has changed the way I work on the app and it's allowed it to develop more quickly. I think sometimes people underestimate the amount of work that goes into simply keeping an app up to date and modern, especially in a category like productivity, where every year Apple's coming out with new OS updates and features that you have to not only do compatibility changes and fixes for, but new things come out like live activities and stuff, and you want your app to take advantage of those, and it takes development time. So rather than hold a bunch of features and work on them for a year and a half and release an update with all of those things all at once, it makes a lot more sense to work on pushing stuff out every couple of months and just kind of constantly iterating on the app and getting bug fixes and releases out. Um, and I think it's been a better model for my customers as well as for me being able to have a steady income and not be constantly at risk of whether the next update makes it out in time or does well enough, those sorts of things. So what do you get in the free version of Drafts and what does paying for the subscription unlock? You get a very functional version with the free version. It was always my goal to never put a wall between you and your data as a user. So the free version allows you to create notes, edit them, support sync between iPhone, iPad, and Mac. And there's no limitations on access to your data ever. You can search it, you can use it, do whatever with it. What the Pro subscription unlocks is more advanced features. Like we've talked about the actions and drafts that allow you to send it to different places. Um, the app ships with a default set. There are ones shared by the community that you can install and use, but to edit them and create your own, you need to have a Pro subscription. There are some more advanced organizational features like uh, we call them workspaces that apply filters to your list. So if you start to store and tag a lot of notes and drafts and you want to organize them, some of those advanced features you need a pro subscription for. Only about one in five of my active users pays for the subscription currently, which I think works out because it uh, brings it to a broad audience and, and makes it very capable. And it also leaves you in a position if you go pro, but you decide to drop off the pro version for a while because you're not using it as much, there will still be no limitation on your access to your data and your ability to use the app in the more basic ways. I like to think of actions as a little bit like JAWS scripts, which many of our listeners will be familiar with. They really give a lot of power to the app. And there's kind of like a mini store that you can go to. And there's a great community where people are creating actions for all sorts of things. Broadly speaking, what determines whether an app can be supported by way of actions? For example, Drafts got excellent Mastodon and Twitter support, and I really appreciate the Mastodon support. I've got a really cool action set up, and thank you for your help with it, where I, for promotions to this uh, podcast, can write some text and it emails to the email list that we've set up for people who subscribe to that, and it also sends it out to WordPress, and I can define the show slug for that. But there's no Facebook, for example, and presumably that is due to lack of API or callback support. Is that right? 
That is correct. I mean, there's different levels of integration. There are direct integrations with other apps installed on your phone, whether it's through share extensions or because they provide URLs to work with the app. Some integrations like for Twitter, you can also integrate directly with the Twitter website, but you can integrate with Twitterific or TweetBot also because those apps provide services that drafts can take advantage of. There are services online that I've done direct integrations with, which are usually services that provide an API with OAuth authentication and allow me to write directly to their APIs. And those are services like Google Drive, Dropbox, Mastodon, Twitter that I've done those integrations in the app to make it easier. There's also direct HTTP scripting support. So if you have a service that I haven't done direct integration with, but has APIs, you could also write your own scripted support and integration with. Some services just don't have an open door for me to integrate with. That's the case with Facebook. There was a time you could post a Facebook from drafts. You may remember way back in the early days of the iPhone, you could actually configure your Facebook and Twitter accounts like in iOS settings. Yes. And they yes. had an OS level integration. At that time, I could use that and take advantage of it. Apple removed that support and Facebook stopped approving apps that post text directly to Facebook for use with their API some time ago. So they no longer support an app like Drafts posting directly to Facebook. There's a share action that just opens the system share sheet. And if you have Facebook installed, you could use that to post to Facebook from drafts. But it's a few extra clicks. You can't do more specialized integration like you can do with ones that have direct support. And of course, you developed the X callback URL system. So I suppose it's a form of karma in a way that, uh, you know, a lot of those apps that support that help drafts along as well. Yeah, I mean, that was a big part of my involvement in getting that spec put together and trying to promote it in the early days was to kick open some of those doors to allow drafts to integrate with apps and provide those kind of services. It feels as I look at drafts like it's evolving a little or it has evolved already in terms of its purpose with the addition of features like the workspaces that you mentioned before and you can tag items. You could use drafts as a permanent storage space and not just a place where text starts to jot something down quickly. Can drafts now replace those venerable word processing tools like Ulysses, for example, or Pages? I think it depends on your needs. I have a large group of users who are using drafts as their full personal knowledge management system. It has a lot of features, like you mentioned, tagging. You can cross-link between drafts using wiki-style links, a lot of the other things that are common in personal knowledge management systems. I do have a lot of people using it for specific subsets of that. Like in my own use case, I use it as a replacement for the pinboard bookmarking service. I just keep that stuff in drafts and in separate drafts and organized by tags and can view them by workspaces. It kind of depends on your use case. I think it's more common that people use drafts as a front end for capture and then send it on to other systems. There's a lot of actions you can set up to write to files in Dropbox or in Obsidian Vault, or you can post it to Evernote or other systems like that, that people tend to use for more long-term storage. But the people who do like to use it just love the customizability. It's a native app experience that you can build your own tools in. And if you do a little scripting or you do a little bit of basic stuff with actions, you can 
tweak that environment so much that I, I think a lot of people have started using it more and more for long-term storage because of that. I haven't come across this yet, but is it possible to get Word documents and PDF files out of drafts? No, drafts is very focused on plain text. We don't store any attachments or photos or other sorts of documents and files. We just stick to plain text. And I presume that that would also apply to audio too. So one of the things I thought was, wow, if I could open drafts and there would be not a dictate button, but actually a record button and then share that draft audio with compatible audio apps, that would be slick. But I guess that's a bit out of scope as well then. Yeah, what we do do and have integrated into the app is audio transcription Mm. and video transcription. You can drop an audio file on the drafts icon in your dock on the Mac or open it on iOS and it'll offer to transcribe the file through speech recognition. So there's ways to get things that aren't text into text, but within the app itself, we don't record audio or store raw data files like that. One of the things that got me into drafts the first time was uh, a friend of mine said, you need this app because it really works well on the Apple Watch when that's the only tool you have and you want to capture something. The Apple Watch support is really great, although it does feel like because of some changes that Apple has made to watchOS, it might have regressed a bit. When I first used Draft, you could choose the complication and just get right into recording. And now Apple seems to have prohibited that. Yeah, that is a frustration point for me, which I've raised directly with people inside Apple and filed multiple bugs with them and and stuff. But the situation used to be that when you requested text input on the watch, it went directly to dictation. And people who used it that way loved it. Mm. And at the time they introduced the on-screen keyboard, which I guess was the Series 7 or Series 8 watch. I I lose track of the numbers. But when they introduced that on-screen keyboard, they changed the way text input works so that it always defaults to the on-screen keyboard or the scribble interface on older watches, which seems very awkward to me, but it requires an extra tap. So you can tap the complication to get to input, but then you have to tap the microphone to switch to dictation when you used to just be able to have a single tap to start talking. You spend a lot of time, and I remember reading about this extensively, uh, creating a version of Draft for the Mac. And now, of course, Apple has made it much easier to write apps that can be run on both platforms. Do you regret putting that work in now? Or do you think that there are still advantages in the approach that you took where you've got, for want of a better term, a native Mac app there? Um, I feel good about the situation where I'm at. I still think AppKit, the older, more traditional way of developing Mac apps, is the better option on the Mac to have a app that feels really native there and uh, integrates with systems as well as it does. Had I been trying to develop the Mac app a couple of years later, who knows what I would have done because it is certainly a lot more work to have essentially a separate user interface to write every time I implement a new feature and stuff. But I go way back with the Mac. I've been a Mac person since the early 90s, and uh, I still haven't found any of the apps developed as iOS apps made to run on the Mac that I'm totally happy with on the Mac. So for something in the productivity space where that sort of day-to-day interaction stuff really matters, I think the experience is better with the traditional APIs than it is with Catalyst. I think if you have a utility app that you use occasionally or has specific functionality that you don't spend a lot of time in, you probably wouldn't notice the difference and it's a quicker and, and I'm glad those features are available 
to ease development, but for something day-to-day in your productivity workflow, I don't think you'd be too happy with it. And I take it that there's no chance at all of uh, draft ever appearing on the Windows platform, is that right? It's very unlikely. I mean, it's partially a resource limitation. I am an individual developer. I, I have a certain scope and I can only do so much. I mean, the other aspect is I've pretty much been all in on Apple platforms using iCloud for the back end and things like that that aren't available to me on Windows that would hinder that. And I think there's always trade-offs, like using iCloud for sync and storage gives a lot of privacy and convenience benefits. You know, none of your data is going to my servers. It's not something I want. You know, I care about people's privacy and I don't want the responsibilities of maintaining security on people's, especially sensitive note data, like you would keep in a notes app. And I like working with iCloud for things like that. And people don't have to sign up for a separate account and don't have to worry about those sorts of things, but that's not available to me on Windows. Hmm. I do have web capture features just for creating notes on other platforms, but you can't access your existing notes or, or something. Yeah, that's nice. And I have that bookmarked on my uh, browser on my Windows devices. And as you and I have discussed privately, one of the real frustrations is that Apple really does seem to drop the ball when it comes to accessibility on the web. And I have no idea why that is, because generally they're best in class, but it's quite hard for a screen reader user to sign in. But once you have, it remembers your credentials and you're good after the first time. Yeah, I've tried a few workarounds for that, but have not as yet. The CloudKit JavaScript APIs that Apple provided for those, they built and launched at a WWDC, I don't know, maybe six years ago now, and they really haven't updated or made any improvements to over the years. And it is something I hope they swing back around on this year and make some of those improvements. I'm very impressed with the accessibility of drafts, and I thank you for it. And sometimes you find that an app is accessible because it hasn't deviated too much from Apple's guidelines. But then you do see some apps where you can tell that effort's gone into it. And this is the case with drafts. You're making great use of the actions rotor. There are excellent hints. It's very well done. And obviously, you've put some thought into that. Has that always been the case? Or have you been lobbied by voiceover users over the years? It's been a combination. I have always cared about it. And I've always tried to take advantage of just making sure the basic things are in place. Everyone makes mistakes at times, and clearly I'm not a, a blind user, and I'm not using the app and testing it in voiceover day in, day out. And I make the dumb mistakes like forgetting to label a button or, or things like that. But I do try to put the effort into it. My dad is significantly low vision and has been for a couple of decades. Uh, so it's something I've always been aware of and kind of cared about trying to work in the app. And I have had people from the community approach me over the years because I think people have discovered the app and found some of its simplicity is simple for blind users and is attractive. And they've usually been super productive and helpful providing suggestions that I always try to listen to and implement for voiceover features I wasn't aware of. And it, it is a market that I care about. You know, there are people using the app and paying me and I want to take care of them. So just like anyone else who approaches me with feature requests, I try to always listen. How much extra work do you think that takes to make drafts as accessible as it is? Um, Apple provides a lot of it. It is a productivity app. It's not 
uh, something like a game, you know, I'm using standard system controls for most of the functionality in the app. And as long as you use those standard controls and don't get all fancy with weird custom things, you do get a lot of it for free. But it's those extra level things that can take out some of those steps that require extra effort. And I tend to, from a development point of view, I develop a new set of features and honestly, I try to do the basics as I go along. And then when it comes to testing those features, I always try to spend, you know, a little bit of time reviewing them, running through them with voiceover myself, getting any testers I have that, that use voiceover to take a look and make suggestions. And it probably adds another 5% or less to the development time to put in that extra effort. But I think it often makes the app better even for non-voiceover users to have taken those steps. You realize subtle workflow issues that become more obvious when you're cycling through those commands in voiceover, say, the priority and order of commands you might have listed. And then you realize, actually, if I reorder that menu to make it work better in voiceover, it actually works better for everyone because the thing you're likely to use more often is at the top or, or whatever those sorts of little things. A lot of voiceover users also enjoy using Siri for obvious reasons. And there was a lot of excitement when Apple bought Workflow and integrated shortcuts into iOS What's your assessment of the state of play there? Have Siri shortcuts made a significant difference to drafts? I think so. I think people come to automation from different spaces. Some people come at it with a programming background and want to write scripts and stuff. Some people come at it with complete novices. And I think shortcuts is much more approachable to novices who want to be able to string together a few steps of basic things in their day. Apple's provided really good APIs for third-party apps to integrate with it and provide services in the app. And you can do almost, you know, I can't say anything, but you can do manipulate your drafts, create them, append to them, alter them all through shortcuts and stuff that, that provides a great interface for people who are comfortable programming in that kind of environment to save steps in their day. So I think, I think it's great. I think they're doing a wonderful job. It's been a little rock, rocky road some of the times in the development in the past few years, but it seems to be stabilizing. And uh, I think it's a really good tool to have available, especially now that it's also on the Mac and is you know available on all their platforms. Yeah, in a way, I suppose there's a little bit of crossover between shortcuts and actions themselves, because both of them allow you to assemble a series of steps, right? So there are some similarities there. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You can trigger shortcuts from drafts. So I have people who write actions in drafts using the native action environment. I have people who do it in shortcuts, but just send the text there from drafts, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. I just try to be at every integration point I can be. You've been developing iOS apps since the beginning, as we mentioned, and there's been a lot of change. Sometimes the developer community is quite critical of Apple and its behavior. We took a considerable interest on this podcast in the developer of FlickType and his concerns with Apple because many blind people loved that app. What's your general assessment of the way that the app community is interacting with Apple at the moment? Do you as a developer feel well looked after by Apple? I've been up and down about that over the years. I think for the most part, Apple has been supportive of what I do and has not gotten in the way of my business over the years. I think most of the friction points come down to places where 
people feel like Apple has limited what they could do as a developer, either through app store rejections or through the business model limitations in the app store. I feel like, especially being a developer who's focused on Apple's platform, I've been easy, more easily able to optimize for what they're looking for and what works well in the platform and not create too much friction in my life. I've butted heads with them a number of times over the years over weird App Store rejections, usually around new features that come out with a new OS. And I think they haven't themselves figured out what they're willing to approve and not you know, when the new OS will be released, uh, you know, one of the examples is when they first came out with Today Widgets. I think that was iOS 8, 7, somewhere around there. <laughs> um, and I immediately spent the summer developing these great Today Widgets, and I went to release them and try to have an update out the day the new OS shipped and got rejected and spent two weeks in and out of rejections, conflicting rejections that didn't make a lot of sense from Apple. That was extremely frustrating and affected my business because I was trying to promote these new features and get some press around it and stuff. Those kind of things come up, and I think that they work to resolve those things. It's like any big company, there's going to be miscommunications or failures along the way, but I don't have a huge issue. At the scale I'm working at, I don't have a lot of problem with the money part, the split, the revenue shares Apple takes. They're providing me a lot of service. The fact that I'm talking to you, you know, I'm selling my app from Texas all over the world. I don't have to deal with a lot of the tax things, burdens and international sales systems and things like that I would have to if I was doing direct sales. So I think the services the App Store provides are worth what Apple takes as a cut from my point of view as a developer. So I don't have too many issues. I think that a lot of the bigger players, if you're making millions and millions and millions, suddenly that 30% Apple wants to take seems like more money, I guess. Uh, at my scale, it doesn't seem like that much of a problem. There's always been this healthy tension, I guess, between the sandbox approach that Apple has taken that uh, seeks to guarantee security and the need for extensibility, interoperability between apps. Is there something that you really wish Apple would add that would help drafts considerably that they have not done yet? I can't think of anything really specific. I think most of the places they've introduced those privacy limitations and permissions and stuff that they've been wise moves. They've been things that have protected users and made iOS as a whole a much more secure and usable platform for a lot of people. You don't have to worry about it getting riddled with viruses and, and scamware. I mean, there's scammy apps, certainly. There's bad things going on in the app store, but it's not like the days of Windows 98 and you click on the wrong link and suddenly your machine just doesn't work anymore and is is mining Bitcoin in the background without you even knowing <laughs> it. You know, you don't have to worry about those things. And that those are good trade-offs for users, I think, overall. Well, we're going to go into a demonstration in just a moment of draft from a blindness perspective, and I'll demonstrate some of the ways that I'm using it. But I just want to thank you, not just for drafts, but also for its accessibility. It's a tremendous app, and it's great to know more about it and where it came from. Sure, but I could make a quick pitch, too. I'm not a game developer, but I developed a game on the side called Diced, which you can also find on my website, uh, that is fully voiceover accessible. It's one of my prouder aspects, and I'd love to hear feedback from people who try it out. Oh, what does it do? It's a, it's a dice puzzle game. It gives you a series of normal one to six dice, and you have to place them in rows in a grid. And if you make a straight, 
you know, a mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, or a two through six, that row disappears. Or if you make five in a row, vertically, horizontally, diagonally, that row disappears. Uh, and the idea is to see how far you can keep going and run up the score by placing the dice in the grid and getting them to disappear. It's a simple, casual game, um, but the fact that I was able to make it voiceover accessible is something I'm proud of and uh, and would love to have feedback from people who try it. And it's a free download. so Well, oh, that's even better. And, and it's the kind of thing if you're in the doctor's waiting room or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how can people find out more about drafts, by the way? Pretty much everything you would need to know is at getdrafts.com or linked from there. The links to the free downloads on both the Mac and iOS App Store. We have a pretty extensive documentation, Mm. user guide, uh, a forum to ask questions. Um, But you can start at getdrafts.com and get to all those things. I must confess that I'm one of those sad people that does read documentation, and I was very grateful for all the detail that's there. It's very well written, so that's getdrafts.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. We bring you transcripts of every episode of Living Blindfully, and that's possible thanks to sponsorship from Numa Solutions. One of the cool things about the internet is that it connects us with the wider world. But another cool thing about the internet is that it can create places just for us. Of course, living blindfully is one such place. And another one is Cero. Cero, spout S-E-R-O, is a social network designed by us for us. Cero is available everywhere. It's on your smartphone, your Apple TV, your Amazon Echo, and of course on a fully accessible website. If you download the Cero mobile app from wherever you get your apps for your mobile device, you'll be able to sample some of the content free, and that includes this podcast and Mushroom FM. But paying a subscription to Cero gives you access to a treasure trove of information, including newspapers, forums where blind and low vision people can discuss a wide range of issues, a handy accessible email client, and so much more. You have to check out all the features. You'll be amazed at how much is there. Go to numasolutions.com, that's P-N-E-U-M-A solutions.com, access the products link, and then choose Cero for more information. Now, before I get on with my demo of the Drafts app, I've got a listener testimonial to read to you from Winway Fisher, who says, I am emailing to sing my praises of the Drafts app. There are so many possibilities that I haven't imagined or discovered because I don't have in-depth knowledge of scripting to build complex actions, i.e. the bread and butter of what makes Drafts so flexible. I am quite startled by how quickly I have already integrated drafts into my daily iPad workflow. It's my note-taking app, my Google search engine, my thoughts wiki, the app where all my ideas begin when I'm working on longer projects, before I send more polished thoughts to Ulysses, or my way of sending files to shared folders. Based on your posts on Mastodon, I know that you will provide a thorough overview of drafts, so I will only describe my own use. My long email and your review most likely overlap. This overlap hopefully includes working definition of drafts terms, because I'm about to use them without providing much explanation. To me, drafts isn't just a place where I compose text and then send it off somewhere else, though I do a lot of that thanks to Drafts widgets. I have the new Draft Small Widget button on my lock screen, 
and a small widget to my personal workspace on my home screen. I have the large widget on my work iPad. It runs actions that I use to process text fragments. These fragments get incorporated into my own personal information repository. I like to organize my thoughts into a local wiki and cross links to references to a similar train of thought or establish connections between ideas. Taking the time to succinctly summarize concepts in paragraph form, linking to other drafts that develop key concepts as an integrated reference point, accomplishes two things. I have key takeaways of my long-term thinking, and I have links to my own notes that I can reread if needed. My paragraphs are simultaneously rich in detail and omit any distracting detail that I might not actually need at the time, thus reducing the potential of information overload. This is how I process information and learn from my own notes. I think that my wikis would be too cumbersome to build if I leave everything untagged. Running an action from a widget sure does simplify things. I'm pretty strict about how I use tags, keywords, and workspaces. I have keywords assigned to completed or ongoing wikis for myself or to organize my work with clients. I have keywords designated for incomplete thoughts that I have not committed to a long-term wiki since they're not fully formed. I have action groups that are easily accessible when I summon the action menu depending on the workspace I'm in. I teach English as a second language, and I even have an entire action group dedicated to written feedback. I simply tap an action that inserts text for me. All I need to do is reference the part in the paper that my comment refers to and write a couple of sentences to add more specificity. Yes, I could accomplish the same thing using text expansions, but I would not want to memorize every single type of comment I write. Templates, the insert text action, and the autocomplete function are excellent productivity tools for me. I assigned keyboard shortcuts to actions I use all the time, such as creating a general new draft template, for example, dynamic template to write weekly progress reports, and sending emails. I particularly appreciate sending messages and having easy access to websites I frequently visit. I never have to leave drafts to respond to a message, read an article, or do a Google search. I set the action to do nothing or move the draft to the trash when completed. I even have an action group called Text Navigation that loads into the action bar by default. This suite of actions simulates your standard text navigation commands, such as move by sentence and move by paragraph. I prefer these actions as opposed to voiceover text navigation commands because they're a lot more reliable when you run them in the drafts editor on iOS slash iPadOS. It makes writing lengthy texts with or without an external keyboard a lot more pleasant. If you're proficient at using the software keyboard to input text, all you need to do is extend your finger up just slightly to tap an action either to navigate or manipulate text. Please note that the Drafts action bar respects your typing style preference. Drafts has a feature called Arrange Mode that I use to rearrange blocks of text, for example, headings, lines, and sentences. 
This is most useful when I need to manipulate the structure of my text in a meaningful way, but I don't want to commit to any changes just yet. I am currently building an action that I can run to arrange selected sentences. I can't wait until I have perfected those actions so I can add it to my default action bar. Currently, I split a draft at Current Selection, tap the Arrange Mode button by navigating to the bottom of the screen and swiping left a couple of times. Then I select the text block, double tap Edit, drag blocks around and finally remerge the draft. With all that said, Ulysses very much remains my writing environment. I send attached notes and sheets to Ulysses when I have a cohesive idea in my head and am ready for a more focused writing session. I like organizing my writing using Ulysses projects, and I like creating new sheets for major sections of a paper. I need the ability to export a sheet or series of sheets as a Word document. Sometimes I might need to send a Word document while on a call with a client. I never send PDFs because some of my clients might ask me to review a PDF that they marked up with an Apple Pencil. My Chinese clientele don't have Microsoft Word installed on their iPad, so they won't mark up a Word document. Thank goodness. They all seem to favor Notion or some similar app. From a usability standpoint, I prefer the Ulysses interface. The Ulysses iPad app feels like an iPad app, and the Mac app feels like a Mac app, whereas Drafts feels like a touchscreen interface whose functionality is further extended by a keyboard. In the Ulysses filing system, on the Mac, you can press Command down arrow to open a project. VoiceOver says, Project Closed Book. You open and close the project as needed from that menu. Pressing Command 3 to Show Editor Only places focus directly in the text edit field. It's also a lot easier to work in Ulysses when I'm multitasking on iPad because I don't suddenly lose speech when typing. By contrast, the Draft app feels clunky on the Mac. You can press Command 1 and Command 0 to show or hide drafts and draft actions respectively, but you need to additionally move by window spots or hit VOJ. This will cycle you through the text edit field and relevant toolbars. Moreover, my wiki feels like I threw it together haphazardly with linked mode enabled on Mac. I had to search for an action that would open cross-linked drafts at the insertion point. I'm now glad I have this action, but still, it certainly does not feel like the wiki on my iPad. Last but not least, the last time I checked, I couldn't even preview a draft using the built-in keyboard shortcut. VoiceOver just says, text table. You can't even interact to read the preview. It's easier to use drafts on my phone or iPad. You can take advantage of heading-level navigation if you add separators to your action group. I'm pleased to say that the developer is interested in improving voiceover usability. It's still a work in progress, especially where the Mac app is concerned. Even if the Mac app started to feel more like the iOS app, it still wouldn't replace my writing app of choice, and I'm completely okay with that. I'm perfectly happy to pay for both apps due to the way I prefer to work, process, and write. The neat thing about Draft is that you can do so much with it, 
So if any of your listeners are interested, they will have learned how you, I, and others make it work for us. Living Blindfully is brought to you in part by Ira, and I thank them for their sponsorship of the podcast. You know, we've become used to some businesses offering free Wi-Fi. It's a nice touch, and it makes us feel valued whenever we come across it. And I know similarly that when I learn about a business that has purchased Ira Access, it's like putting out a massive blind people are welcome here sign. I know that if I need it, I've got a trained professional agent available to me to provide assistance, and that means that the business cares enough to pay for that. I appreciate that. From airports to Starbucks to Target and more, Ira Access can assist you to navigate, shop, browse, and not be reliant on friends, family, or others who may not understand our needs as well. And don't forget that as well as the offerings in physical locations, there are other businesses providing Ira access that can be used from home. So you should check out the app to find out what's available. To do that, just open the Ira access section in the Ira Explorer app on your favorite device. And you can also visit Ira's website to find out more at ira.io. That's A-I-R-A dot I-O. Now we're going to go into my drafts review, and this is a bit of a flashback, so don't get confused. I recorded this during my summer break all the way back in January of 2023. That was before we rebranded Mosin at Large to Living Blindfully. So you will hear some Mosin at Large references during this review. Maybe that'll make you nostalgic. Over the years on Mosin at Large, we've discussed how, for many blind people, the iPhone still hasn't yet replaced the trusty blindness-specific note-taker, despite all the magical things that the iPhone can do. There's something about just being able to wake up that note-taker and start typing. If you hold that view or you'd just like to supercharge your iPhone workflow, then settle back as I discuss the Drafts app, which we just talked about with its developer. Now, I am very late to this party. Draft has been around for around about a decade now, as Greg told us, and the developer's commitment to accessibility is exemplary. It is one of those apps whose devotees tend to be very passionate about it. And that's because if you're using even a little of the power of this extraordinary app, it really will change the way that you use your iPhone and potentially the way that you choose to work in general. Draft fans have been urging me to give this app a thorough go for a long time. And as I mentioned when I was talking with Greg, I installed and even subscribed to the app before, found that I wasn't really making much use of it, so I abandoned it in favor of Ulysses, an app that I still like very much and use a lot. And I'll show you how you can send text from Draft to Ulysses. So for those people who've been nagging me about drafts for a while, I totally get it now, and I hope that by the end of this review, you will too if you are not already a Drafts user. Drafts is the app in which I write almost everything, whether that be an email, a blog post, a message, a toot, a journal entry, a calendar appointment, a reminder, and on and on it goes. With no fuss at all, I can start writing and having taken some time to customize drafts the way that I like it, with the press of a key, I can get any text to where it needs to go. I use drafts on my iPhone and it offers a great experience for my Apple Watch as well. If you are a Mac user, it is also available there and you can post drafts from the web as well should you be on a PC and you just need to write something down. As I said in the interview with Greg, I have drafts in my dock. 
and it is such an important app to me now that it is in the bottom right of my dock. What that means is that as long as I'm on my home screen, all I have to do to find drafts is to perform a four-finger single tap on the bottom half of my screen. Doc. Drafts. We are in the right place to launch drafts, and all I have to do is double tap. Drafts. Text field. Is editing. Character mode. Insertion point at start. One of the brilliant things about drafts is that the moment you open, not only are you in a text field, but a brilliant thing for voiceover users is that the text field has focus and you are ready to type. It will accept inputs in all the usual ways. So you might like to dictate. There is a special dictation mode in drafts, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you can use the standard iOS dictation. You may like to use the keyboard in all its virtual ways. Braille screen input works great. And of course, you can use a standard QWERTY Bluetooth keyboard, and there are significant advantages in doing that. So you don't even have to double tap the edit field to get voiceover to focus on the edit field to start typing. The important principle here is that when you open drafts, you can immediately start to get the text down. What you do with that text, where it goes, is a matter for later. We'll tour the app screen extensively in a moment, but what I hope to do is give you a bit of a hey wow moment and say, ah, so this is why drafts is so cool. I'm just going to type a quick couple of sentences, and I'm using the Bluetooth keyboard on my APH Mantis Braille display. I'm going to type, this is a quick message using the drafts app, and then I will write, I am typing this to provide a demo for the Mosin at Large podcast. Let's just read that back. This is a quick message using the Draft app. I am typing this to provide a demo for the Mosin at Large podcast. What turns drafts from a very good accessible text editor into a place where you can type text and then send it all sorts of other places are draft actions. And we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about how to create or modify draft actions. I've got one set up that will pre-fill an iMessage addressed to my wife, Bonnie, and then all I have to do is send it in the Messages app. I've got a keyboard convention that makes sense to me, and when there are things like this that are more personal in nature, I've got Command, Option, and Shift, followed by a mnemonic. So to send a text message to Bonnie, I can press Command, Option, Shift, and B for Bonnie. Let's press that key now. Text field. Is editing. This is a quick message using the Draft app. I am typing this to provide a demo for the Mosin at Large podcast. The Messages app has opened and I'm in my conversation with Bonnie and I can flick right. Send. Button. And send this. Let's go ahead and do that. Sent mess. Success. Met. Dynamic Island. Empty. Drafts acknowledge the success of sending that message and now I'm back in my draft because that's how I've configured this particular action. That means that the text is still here. This is a quick message using the Draft app. I am typing this to provide a demo for the Mosin at Large podcast. When I wrote this text, I deliberately didn't say, Hi, Bonnie, or anything that identifies Bonnie, and that means that I can send this other places. I've set up another action where if I press Command, Option, Shift, and J, it'll send the text of the current draft to my Mastodon account, Jonathan Mosen at tweezcake.social. Now, you can choose to have confirmation or not with these actions. And for something like posting to a public social media network, it's probably a good idea to add a confirmation step there. I'm going to press Command, 
Option, Shift, and J now. Confirm action. I've got a confirm action step in this action, and we'll show you that later. Run Mastodon Jonathan Mosen action. Run action. Button. Cancel. Button. I'll flick left. Run action. Button. And double tap on run action. Run. Drafts. Button. Success. Mastodon Jonathan Mosen. And we have a success message, and that has been posted to Mastodon. So if you were following Jonathan Mosen at tweezcake.social on the 13th of January, New Zealand time, then you will have seen that message go out. There are lots of things we could do. If I thought it was important enough, which I don't, I could send this to my day one journal simply by pressing option with D for day one. That is something that I've also set up. If I want to email this test message from Mastodon to someone, I can press option with E. I'll show you that. Cancel button. And now if we go right. This is a quick message using the draft app. I am typing this to provide a demo for the Mosin at Large podcast. Heading. The reason why it's done that is I'm using the markdown mail action, and we'll talk a bit more about markdown in a moment. And the first line of the draft becomes the subject. And so at the moment, that is the subject. So if you were going to send an email, what you would do is put the subject on the first line of your draft and then press return or enter and then start typing again and everything else will appear in the body of the email. And Markdown allows you to do some really nice formatting. So if I keep going here. Send. Dimmed. Button. It's dimmed because. Two. Two. Text field. We still have to fill in who this email will go to. If you want to, you can set up similar actions to the one that I set up to message Bonnie, where the to field is pre-filled. And then you can just go ahead and email anybody you want, somebody perhaps that you email regularly with something that you've typed in drafts. When you understand the fundamental concepts behind this and you get it customized the way that you want, using drafts can be a massive time saver, a productivity booster. And in fact, for certain types of content creation, I would argue that it makes it the most productive tool that we have in our toolbox for getting things done. I'm going to cancel out of this email for now, though. Cancel button. Cancel alert. Delete draft button. And in this case, it's talking about the draft email, not the actual draft from the drafts app. Error. Mark, mark down mail. And it came back with an error because it knows that a success was not returned. And so drafts is giving me an error to say that the email was not sent. Let's take a look at some of the magic behind this and explore even more magic that you can do with drafts. I'm going to go to the top of the screen. Drafts. Button. And at the top, we have a drafts button. When I double tap that button, we'll get into our list of drafts. You can organize your drafts in various ways, and I'll discuss that a little bit later. But for now, let's continue the tour of the screen with a draft open. I'll flick right. New button. This is where you can create a new draft. And if you double tap and hold or perform a three finger tap on this, you will get a series of other items. We'll come back to that. Tags. Button. You can tag your drafts, and this could be useful if you want to use drafts for more than just a temporary way of creating text. If you want to use drafts to be some sort of data management system where you're organizing things, you will find tagging drafts very helpful. 111 characters, 23 words. You have a character count and a word count there. That is very useful, particularly, I think, if you're posting to social media where there are certain character limits, you can check on how many characters you've entered here. Navigate button. 
I love the Navigate feature, and I'll come back and talk about that when we have a draft with longer text open that has some formatting in it. Quick search button. You can do a quick search. Actions button. And you can hide or reveal the actions. Flag button. If you want to, you can flag a draft. This is another way of essentially highlighting drafts that may require you to perform some action on them. Add tags, plus tag, text field. That's where you can add a tag. This is a quick message using the draft. There's the text of the draft. I'll flick right. Pin current draft button. By default, when you open the Drafts app, you're immediately in a blank edit field where voiceovers given the edit field focus and you can start to type. You can go into the settings of drafts and you can say, look, if I open the drafts app within two minutes of me creating a new draft, then take me back to the draft that I just created. That's configurable. But what you can also do is pin a draft. Where this can be useful is if you're working on something and you have to come in and out of the drafts app, maybe you're doing some research on Wikipedia or Google or something like that or chat GPT. And you're wanting to find out things and then go back into the Drafts app. In that situation, it's actually a hindrance, not a help, to have a new draft open every time you go back into the Drafts app. So pinning means that you are going to continue to work on that draft until you unpin it. And for those who splashed out for a fancy schmancy iPhone 14 Pro device of some kind and are lamenting how long it is taking some app developers to make use of the Dynamic Island, which was one of the killer features of those devices, you'll be pleased to know that, as Greg mentioned, he likes to take advantage of the new features that iOS has to offer, and he is making use of the Dynamic Island. So what that means is that when you pin a draft, You will find it up there in the dynamic island and all you have to do is double tap it and you will get back in the draft from anywhere. It's a very cool system and I find myself using this a lot, pinning a draft when I'm making some notes. I'll flick right. Previous draft, dimmed, button. There is no previous draft because this is the most recent one that I have created. Next draft. Button. But I can double tap and go to my next draft without having to return to the list of drafts. Arrange mode. Button. Arrange mode is something that I've not made a lot of use of at the moment, but you can move blocks of text around in your draft, which makes organization a little easier. You can, of course, select text and cut it to the clipboard and move it that way. But arrange mode is one other way of making that job potentially easier. Link mode. Button. When you go into link mode, This is great if you're dealing with a draft that has links either to other drafts or to items on the web, because all those items will be tappable and you can go to them. Editor settings button. The editor can be configured in multiple ways. There are various flavors of markdown and you can get quite geeky with the editor settings. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Settings button. And then there's also the settings for the draft app itself. And that's what's on the screen at the moment. So we're going to drill down into some of these elements. Let's go back to the top of the screen. Drafts button. And I'm going to double tap the drafts button. Drafts selected. This is a quick message using the draft app. I am typing this to provide a demo for the Mosin at Large podcast. Modified today, 10.15 a.m. Now that little voiceover sound says actions are available. I prefer that to having voiceover saying actions are available every single time I'm using something. So let's flick up and down and see what we have. I'll flick down. Archive. 
We can archive this. Trash. And trash it. Flag. Flag it. Drag item. And drag item so we can reorder this list of drafts. Activate. Default. And if we activate it, we will go back into the draft. So we're in a list of our drafts now, and this is the most recent one. Currently, we're sorting with the most recent draft at the top of the list. So I'll flick right. Drafts notes for podcast. Tagged. Melp. Recording notes. Karen. So those are the notes that I've put together for this particular section of the Mosin at Large podcast, all about the Drafts app. And as I've been using the app, I've been making notes in drafts in that particular draft, and I've given that one a tag of M-A-L-P for Mosin at Large podcast. Everything that I do in drafts pertaining to the Mosin at Large podcast, I assign that tag to. That's very useful when we look at workspaces, which we will shortly. If I flick right. How are you all doing? Hope Florence is settling in. That is a text message to my son, David, about little Florence. And I have a hot key set up so that I can just text him with the press of a key as well. In that case, it's something I don't need to keep. So I'm going to flick down, which is the quickest way to get there. Archive. Trash. And trash this. I'll double tab. Podcast ideas. Tagged. Melp. This is a scratch file I have called Podcast Ideas. And in this file, I just write down anything that comes into my head that I might want to talk about on the show or somebody that I might want to interview or an app I might want to demonstrate any podcast idea at all. And some of those things will never see the light of day and some of them will. And they're all in this file. And I use the iPhone for that because I always have my iPhone with me. And of course, I can also add to this on my Apple Watch. I've got a shortcut key that I've set up courtesy of VoiceOver, which allows you to assign shortcuts to specific hotkeys. And I can press that key anywhere, get focus into the podcast ideas file and write it down before I forget. And it's all there. And you can organize these things very easily. And we'll come back to that in a moment. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking the time to respond. I appreciate it. I'm not surprised to hear Apple are the culprits resigning and via the web. That is a message that I sent to Greg Pierce, the developer of Drafts, when we were setting up this interview, and he was kind enough to answer some initial questions I had about Drafts, and I've just kept this because I knew that I would be demonstrating this at some point, so it seemed appropriate to keep it here. But the way I did that was to just write it down and then press Option with E, which is something that I've set up, and execute the email action and send it into him. It's the 4th of January here. The anniversary of Lewis Braille's birth. And that is my World Braille Day post, which I discussed in my interview with Greg. I'll flick right. Mosin at Large podcast interview request. Tagged. Malp. Hello. My name is... And there's a generic interview request that I send out when I'm seeking interviews for Mosin at Large. And you'll hear that that one is also tagged with MALP. On and on it goes. I've got some drafts here, some of which I will keep, some of which I will not. You can perform actions on multiple drafts. I'm going to go to the bottom of the screen. Settings. Button. And flick left. Editor settings. Button. Operations. Button. Select. Button. Let's select some drafts. I'll double tap. Cancel. The select option has now turned into a cancel option. And if I flick left. Zero of six drafts. It tells me that zero of six drafts are selected. I'll continue to flick left. So we're going in the reverse order. Show filters, button, link mode, button, arrange mode, button, next draft, button, previous draft, dimmed, button, pin current draft, button, 
Hide. Button. Circle. Dimmed. Button. Mosin at large podcast interview request. I don't want to select that one. Circle. Dimmed. Button. It's the 4th of January here. I can get rid of this now, so I'm going to double tap it. Selected. It's the 4th of January. And if I flick right. Selected. Dimmed. Button. It says selected, and then it says dimmed button, but that tells me that this draft is now selected. Selected. It's the 4th of January. And it actually says so as I go through the draft as well. So a little bit of superfluous verbiage there. Circle. Dimmed. Button. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking the time. I can delete this one as well, so I'll select it. Selected. Hi, Greg. And those are the two that I want to perform an action on right now. So I'm going to flick right. It's the f- select. Quickly. Mosin. Circle. D- hide. Pin current. Dr- previous draft. Next draft. Arrange mode. Link mode. Show filter. Two of six drafts. That tells me that two of the six drafts are now selected, so that's useful info. Cancel. Button. Operations. Button. And let's perform operations on these two drafts. I'll double tap. Two drafts selected. Inbox. Button. Archive. Button. Trash. Button. I do intend to trash these, but let's see if there's anything else. Remove tag. Button. Add tag. Button. Change syntax. Ellipsis. Button. Remove flag. Button, flag, button, export, ellipsis, button, merge, button, run action, button, global, button, dismiss context menu, button. Lots of options there. So you can add tags to multiple items. If you're setting up a new project and you think, actually, I really should have tagged these differently, you can go and perform an operation on multiple drafts. You can move them places. You can do a lot of different things. But in this case, all I want to do is trash them both. So I'll go back. X flag, remove, change, send, add tag, remove tag, trash, button. And double tab. Workspaces, button. That is actually a very good segue because I want to talk about workspaces next. There are various ways in which you can organize your drafts. And you may not choose to use workspaces if all you want to do is use drafts as a kind of a launch pad. But if you want to use drafts as a storage system, then chances are you're going to have a lot of documents in here and it's going to get unwieldy pretty quickly to go through a long list of items. This is where workspaces come in. And this is also where tags come in because probably one of the easiest ways to get workspaces going is to tag all the documents that you want to group together with a common tag and then create a workspace where everything with that tag appears. You can still find them in your inbox if you want to, but the workspace can be a kind of a filter. I'll double tap on workspaces. Workspaces. And flick right. Mosin at large. Button. There's a workspace called Mosin at large. And when I double tap that, only drafts that have the MALP tag are going to be shown. Default. Button. There's the default workspace as well. New. Button. And we can create a new workspace. So let's see what options we have when we do that. I'll double tap. New workspace. And flick right. Create a new workspace based on current options. Workspaces can also be created in the workspace manager. I'll flick right. Name. And then write again. New workspace. Text field. This is where you name your workspace. I'm going to double tap. Text field is editing. New workspace. I'm going to type drafts test. And let's see what we have now. New workspace drafts test. Okay, let me delete it all. Selection deleted. New workspace drafts test. And I'll flick right. Clear text. Button. Create. Button. And double tap create. 
Workspaces button. I'm going to go back into the Workspaces menu. Workspaces. Just to be sure, I'm going to make sure that the Drafts Test Workspace is selected. Mosinet Drafts Test. I'll double tap. Workspaces button. And now I'm going to go to Manage from the Workspaces options. Dismiss Context Manage button. Manages at the bottom of the screen. And this is where we can configure what the Workspace does. Done. Button. I'll flick right. Workspaces. Heading. Add. Button. Built-in. Default. Inbox. 4. Archived. 1. Button. Saved. Heading. Mosin at large. Inbox. 3. Button. Drafts test. Inbox. 4. Archived. 1. Button. And the reason for that is that there are no filters at the moment on that workspace. We need to tell Drafts what we want to see when we invoke this workspace. You will have heard the sound that actions are available. So let's have a look at what those actions are. I will flick down. Delete. We can delete the workspace. Apply. There is an apply option. Duplicate. Drag item. Activate. Default. Let's activate this and configure it. Identification. Heading. This is a structure that is similar in some respects to the way that drafts actions work, which we'll be talking about a bit later. Button. Name. Drafts test. Text field. I'll flick right. Filters. Heading. This is where we get to the critical stuff, because by setting up filters, we limit what this workspace will show us. And really, that is one of the key purposes of the workspace. Name. Comma separated tag names. Text field. Now, I'm going to double tap to get into this text field, and I'm going to type the tag testing. Currently, I don't have any drafts with the tag testing, so we will fix this a bit later. Name. Text field. Is editing. Comma separated tag names. Insertion point at start. I'll just type testing. Testing. And that should be fine, so I'll flick right. Clear text. Button. Tag filter mode. Selected. All. Button. Any. Button. I look after an occasional podcast called The Blind Podmaker. We don't publish often, but I like to think that when we do, it's material that is useful to blind podcasters. So let's say I start making notes and drafts about that. And I tag those with TBPM, the blind pod maker. Now I can create another workspace with the blind pod maker related content, and I'd call it the blind pod maker, and I would only have it show those items and drafts that are tagged with the TBPM tag. So when you're setting up either of those workspaces, you would simply say, whenever you see this tag, I want to have that document put in this workspace. But you could also use this feature so that when either the TBPM tag or the MALP tag appeared, those documents should go to a workspace called Podcasts. So this is a very flexible, extensible system in the sense that once you've assigned a document to a workspace, it doesn't mean that it can't be assigned to many other workspaces. This one that I'm setting up, though, is a pretty simple workspace, so I will leave it at all for the moment. Any button. I'll continue to flick right. Status. Flagged. Button. Unflagged. Button. Selected. Any. Button. Three of three. Any number of these conditions can be applied. So we've already looked at tags, and you may or may not choose to apply certain tags to a workspace. It could be as simple as saying, when I go into this workspace, I want to see all the documents in my drafts app that I have flagged. 
And it may be that you get into the habit of flagging your drafts when there is some sort of action required from you. And going into the workspace and only showing flagged items will help you to make progress with those. Leave filter blank for any value, untagged for only untagged drafts, tag to omit, modal must match all listed tags, any will perform or search including any listed tags. So that's a handy hint there. Search query, heading, name, only drafts containing text, text field. If you are making very extensive use of drafts and you want to create a workspace which shows you documents where you have mentioned a specific subject, a specific word, then it isn't necessary to use tags. You can set up a workspace that does exactly that. Date filters, heading, start date, disabled, button, end date, disabled, button. If you're looking for things that you wrote in 2021 about a certain subject, you can set a date range. So you can see the combination of all of these things, the tagging, the flagging, all of the other things. You can get very granular about the kind of documents that you can see in any given workspace. It's genius. Display, heading, show body preview, switch button, on. If you want to, you can show the body preview so you'll see a little bit of the draft, a bit like a preview in an email message. Show search preview. Switch button. On. Show tags. Switch button. On. Show last action. Switch button. On. That's a very useful feature. It'll tell you the last action that was run on this particular draft. For example, if I'm writing something that I know I want to send to Mastodon, and I think, "Ah, did I send that to Mastodon or did I not? then it will simply tell you if you've executed that Mastodon action. Show date. Switch button. On. Inbox. Heading. So we've looked at the way that items are displayed and you can determine the way that they are sorted. And now we're on the heading for the inbox where you can configure similar options. Exactly how are things displayed in the inbox? What information about each draft is displayed in the inbox? And you can go on and view archived and other items in the same way. That is the workspace manager. It will save this if I go back. And now I'll go to the top of the screen. Done. Button. And double tap that. Workspaces. Button. Because we haven't opened any other draft, I am still in the little draft that I typed a little under half an hour ago where I had some text and we sent that off to Bonnie and to Mastodon. And I want to tag that now so that it appears in the draft testing workspace. Add tags. Plus tag. Text field. Search field. Is editing. And I'll type testing and press enter. Now, let's go back into the workspaces. Workspaces. Button. Workspaces. Dismiss context menu. Button. Manage. Button. New. Default. Drafts test. Mosin at large. Workspaces. Drafts test. Button. And I'll double tap draft test. Workspaces. And let's see what we've got there. This is a quick message using the draft app. Show filters. This is inbox. Button. It's the only thing there now. And the reason for that is that we set up this drafts test workspace only to show drafts that had the tag testing in them. No other draft does. So this is the only document that is coming up. I want to go back to my main workspace now, though. Workspaces. Button. Workspaces. New. Workspace. Mosin. Drafts test. Default. Button. I'll double tap. 
Workspaces. And I'm in button. the default workspace now. Podcast ideas. Tag. Now I'm going to flick left. Drafts notes for podcast. We've explored that you can flick down and use the actions rotor with many things in drafts, but you can also perform a double tap and hold or a triple tap. This is the equivalent of a long press for sighted users, and you get a menu. Inbox. Dimmed. Button. A flick right. Archive. Button. Trash. Button. Open to. Ellipsis. Button. Collapsed. I want to talk about the open to feature. And this performs the same function when you're out of a draft as the navigate button does in the draft. And I promised to come back to this navigate button because if you structure your documents appropriately, it is a very powerful tool. So let's talk now about structuring your documents. Drafts uses Markdown. You don't have to use Markdown if you don't want to. If you just want to write in plain text, then go ahead. But if you want to format your document, then Markdown is a very intuitive way of doing that. For example, if you want to create a heading level two, you will type two number signs to delineate a heading level at the level two position. Press the space bar so that the number signs are on their own. Otherwise, it can be interpreted as some sort of hashtag and then write your text. By mastering a bit of basic markdown, you'll be surprised at how you can create beautifully formatted documents. And then when you send them off to other places like email or WordPress, you'll find that they format wonderfully well. I'm not going to talk about markdown too much here. And the reason for that is that I've talked about it already. If you would like to go back and listen to some info on markdown, it's in Mosin at Large episode 48 because Markdown also works in a number of other tools like Ulysses and IA Writer. And I installed a tool for Microsoft Word called Writage, which interprets Markdown files. So when you do that, it's a great way to work because it's pretty much universally accessible. I've become a big Markdown fan after having been a skeptic for a while. Now, in my file on drafts, while I've been making notes, I've been dividing things into different headings. And this is where this open to feature comes in handy. So if I double tap this. Open to ellipsis button expanded. Now I'll flick right. H1 introduction, but H1 navigation menu button H1 dictation button H1 linking button H1 merging drafts button H1 capture content from the web button. Now, actually, the way I've made this work is that the headings are so descriptive that that's often all I need to look at. If I want to remind myself of something I've forgotten while I've been learning about drafts, I can obviously open the document and I can do that. I can double tap text field space. Now let's just check where focus is space, then merge hash symbol capture content from the web. So I've been placed in my editor. The cursor is right where the heading is, and I can now begin to work. If you are an author and you're writing a bunch of material in one file and you want to go back to a particular heading, this is so cool. And it works with the navigate option as well now that the draft is open. I've already covered the fact that when you open drafts, you're by default placed in a blank document unless you've pinned a draft or you've changed the default in settings. Another thing that you can do is triple tap or double tap and hold the home screen icon. And what happens there depends on the way that you've got things set in settings. 
but I believe what I have is the default. I'm going to go to my home screen. Drafts. I'm back on my dock and the drafts icon has focus. I'm going to triple tap at this point and you'll see the little context menu that comes up. Remove app. Button. Share app. Button. Edit home screen. Button. Search. Button. Last draft. Button. Dictate. Button. New with clipboard. Button. Dismiss context menu. Button. So the good thing about this is that if you do want to get back to your last draft as opposed to opening the app and starting something new, you can do that from here as well. So in addition to pinning the draft, you may have forgotten to do that or you just choose not to. You can go back into the previous draft by invoking this context menu. There are other things that you can do with this context menu. You can explore those at your leisure in settings. There are also widgets available. So you can put drafts widgets on your home screen. At the time that I am recording this, I have noticed quite a few unlabeled buttons on some of those widgets. So you can explore those and see if any of the widgets work for you. I'm going to dismiss this context menu. Doc. Drafts. And I'm back on my drafts icon in my dock. And I'll double tap it. That will get me into a blank document. Drafts. Text field. Is editing. Word mode. Insertion point at start. I'd like to talk now about dictation in drafts. You can use the standard iOS dictation method. So now that we're in a blank draft and the edit field has focus, I could simply perform a magic tap. That's the two finger double tap to invoke the default iOS dictation mode. There are some downsides of doing that, including the fact that you can only dictate for so long and then the dictation mode will time out. Because of this, Draft has its own dictation mode with no limit to how long you can dictate, although you may hear some sounds in the background as Drafts goes for another round of dictation. There are several ways that you can invoke Draft's specific dictation system, which still uses Apple's same voice recognition. It's just another way in, essentially. If you double tap New Draft, there is a dictation option there so that a new draft will open and you can start dictating into that draft right away. There's also an action which uses a script, which allows you to insert dictation at the cursor position. And that's what I prefer to use because most often I'm using my Mantis or some sort of Bluetooth keyboard with drafts and I've assigned that action to a hotkey. For me, it's the assigning of actions to hotkeys that really makes drafts an efficient productivity tool for those of us who use external keyboards. There is no external keyboard command by default for this action and that is the case for most of the actions that come with drafts by default. So I have assigned one and I've got a system that works for me in terms of the modifiers that I use for these various shortcut keys. In the case of these system ones that involve the clipboard or dictation or anything to do with the system, I have tried to use command and shift where possible. The exception is the trash where I couldn't get that to work. So I'm going to press my action key, command shift D to invoke the insert dictation at cursor position option. This will not work for you unless you go through and assign this keyboard shortcut or another one to the action concerned. And don't worry, we are getting close to covering actions, which really are the power of drafts. So now I'm going to press command shift D for dictation. Dictation. Heading. And let's just see what's happened here. English. New Zealand. Butter. Timeout. None. 
button, pause, button, cancel, button, create, button. So what has happened here, comma, is that the dictation window has popped up, comma, and I am now dictating into my draft, full stop. I will continue to dictate, comma, until until I press either pause or create, full stop. Create, button, create, end of text, iPad pause or create. So now we've got this, let's review it. Text field is editing. So as happened here is that the dictation window has popped up and I am now dictating into my draft. I will continue to dictate until until I press iPad pause or create. Word mode, insertion point at end. That's how the dictation feature works. You dictate and the dictation process starts the moment that you choose to dictate. If you do not press the create button by double tapping it, you will lose your dictation. There is a pause button there so that you can take some time to think if you want. And then you can resume when you've done all your dictation, then you double tap create and everything that you've dictated will be in the draft. Just to be efficient and to get us into good habits, I'm going to flick left. Add tags, plus tag, text field. And double tap. Insertion point at end. And I'm going to type testing and press enter. Testing. I'll flick right now. Testing. There's the tag. And if I flick right again. Remove tag testing button. And the fact that I've added that testing tag means that all the drafts pertaining to this demonstration of drafts will be in that workspace. And it makes it very easy later for me to go in and select them all and delete them in one easy operation. Another way that you can get audio into drafts in text form is, as Greg Pierce said in our interview, to choose the import function. And when you do that, one of the options is to import audio, system audio in a format that iOS supports. When you do that, it may take some time, but drafts will transcribe that audio for you. So if you have a studio set up like I do, and you want to record some audio, do some dictation and get a transcription, then you can do it that way by using the import function. Be prepared for it to take a wee bit of time, and you can read more about that on the drafts website. If you want to use drafts for more than just the place where text starts and you want to use it as a place where you will store a wide wealth of information in different workspaces and some of the techniques that we've been covering, you may want to use the wiki style features that are now available in drafts. Drafts actually makes extensive use of the left and right square brackets. You'll see this when we get to actions and you can also use them in some contexts in drafts themselves. To be clear about the kind of brackets I'm talking about, these are the ones that rest to the right of the letter P on an English US keyboard. You don't use any modifiers, you can just use the left and right square brackets. For this to work, it's good to get into the habit of giving your draft a name and writing that as the first line in your draft. Because the cool thing about drafts is there's no save option to go through. You instantly start to write text, it's instantly saved you're not going to be in danger of losing content. So if you want to link to other documents, just put something quick on the first line that identifies what that draft is. As I've said, that will also be used as the subject line in certain email actions. To illustrate how this might work, let's say that I'm just getting to know drafts and I create a new draft simply by opening the app. And in the first line of that draft, I type the word testing and I press enter. 
So testing has now become the title of that draft. I then experiment with Markdown, try a few actions, do some writing, manipulate text, try dictation. I've got quite a lot of material that shows the way that I have tried to learn drafts. I open another draft and I might call it journal. Perhaps I just use drafts to keep a daily journal. And you could certainly do that, particularly if you created a workspace specifically for journaling. And you might say, I've been experimenting with drafts today. You can see the process I went through in my testing file. Testing is the title of my draft. So if I surround the word testing with two left square brackets at the beginning and two right square brackets at the end of the word testing, then that has created a link to that draft. And then if I put drafts in link mode, I'll be able to double tap on the testing, which will have become a hyperlink and jump right into that draft. Pretty genius. There is a drafts for Mac and there's a drafts for Apple Watch as well. And if you're steeped in the Apple ecosystem, it means that no matter what device you are using, it's really easy to get content into drafts. I like having drafts on my Apple Watch, even though you have to go through an extra step now than when you did when I first tried drafts because of a change that Apple has made. It's still pretty easy to get into drafts and start dictating and capture that thought no matter where you are. If you only have your watch available to you, all good. If you don't have a cellular Apple Watch and you're not connected to the internet at the moment, when you have that brilliant thought that you absolutely must capture, it will be uploaded to the cloud when you have an internet connection again. But what if you have a Windows PC and you want to get content into drafts? That is possible with a bit of a caveat. Open your favorite browser and go to capture.getdrafts.com and you'll be presented with a prompt from Apple to sign in to your iCloud account. Obviously, this should be the same one that you use for drafts. Unfortunately, it's hard to get the form into which you enter your credentials to display, and Greg tells me this is an Apple issue. I was not able at all to find the form with JAWS. It may be that if I tweak some of the settings, I might be able to get it to display. I got Ira to sign me in, and once I was signed in, I have stayed signed in. But in talking about this with other users, I've been told by someone who uses NVDA that there's a tiny little element which NVDA says clickable on. And if you press the spacebar or enter on that clickable element, then the form does come up and you can enter your credentials. So it may be that I've just got my verbosity set with JAWS to a point that JAWS isn't seeing it, or it may be there's an advantage there for NVDA users. Either way, when you get signed in, as I say, you stay signed in and the process is then very accessible. You can tag your draft, you can type in as much as you like, and then the moment that you press the submit button, the draft is in the cloud and you can access it on all your devices. Now I'm going to take a look at actions in drafts, what they are, how they work, how to modify them and create them, and why you would use them. As we've seen, drafts is a powerful little text editor. And if all you did was to have drafts on your dock so that you could start to type and then select everything and copy everything to the clipboard and paste it somewhere, that actually would be a worthwhile thing to do because it's very well behaved. If you use the rotor in iOS to cycle through misspelled words, that works really well. It behaves fine with a braille display. It's just a very well behaved text editor. 
If you're a JAWS user, you'll know that even the most basic of functions when you press certain keys to read the screen are being performed under the hood, if you will, by scripts. And just as with JAWS scripts, the power of drafts lies in its actions. A lot of the things that are going on are being performed with actions. You can create actions in a number of ways. One of the things that I've admired about Workflow, which has latterly become the iOS shortcuts app from Apple, is that if you think logically, you don't have to particularly be a programmer, a software developer, to start automating things. And in fact, I think that shortcuts is a good way to get into software development because it requires you to think logically. And once you gain some confidence that you can do some automation on your device, it may encourage you to look at a programming language. I see actions very similarly. There is a lot that you can do even if you haven't written a line of code in your life. And that's what makes actions so exciting. It's a very simple structure. It's accessible. You'll be amazed at what you can achieve. If you want to, you can go the extra mile and start using scripts. And if that is something you're not comfortable with, there is a very supportive drafts community out there. I signed up, for example, to the drafts community forum and asked a question about a particular thing where I was getting stuck and I got an answer. Actually, it came from Greg very quickly, which got me unstuck. So it's a supportive community. And I think that Draft really represents the best of the iOS ecosystem, where you've got a dedicated single developer who cares about his users, cares about his app, and is willing to give you personalized replies to any questions that you have. For me, that is worth paying a subscription for. Just to reinforce what Greg said in case you chose to skip the interview with him, Drafts ships with a series of default actions, and those actions will do a lot of things, even if you choose not to pay for a subscription to Drafts. What you can't do, though, is modify those actions or create other actions. So what you see is what you get. And the fact that you can't modify the actions means that you can't do what I think is a particularly powerful use case for blind users and modify them to add keyboard shortcuts. I'm still in the draft where I was demonstrating dictation, and that's fine. I'm going to flick left. Remove tag test, testing, add tags, flag, actions, button. This is the actions button, and I'm going to double tap this. When you double tap once, you will reveal the actions, and when you double tap again, it hides them. It would be great if VoiceOver would tell me whether actions are visible or not visible. At the moment, I don't believe it does that, but I'll double tap actions. Actions. That has revealed the actions, and actions can be organized into groups. There are some default groups when you first install drafts, and they seem to make a lot of sense to me, but you have full control over the group into which an action is placed. And if you think that a particular action belongs in a different group, you can absolutely change that. I'm going to go to the bottom of the screen at this point by performing a four-finger single tap. Settings. Button. And work my way back. Editor setting. Processing. Now we've got the action groups that have become visible on the screen. One group is called Processing. I'll flick left. Keyboard Tools. And I'll flick left again. Keyboard Markdown. You can assign markdown commands to certain keyboard commands, and that can really speed you up, particularly if you're having difficulty remembering the markdown syntax. I'll flick left again. Keyboard Basic. I'll flick left. Mosin at Large. 
Now, obviously, you are not going to get a group called Mosin at Large in your actions when you install drafts, and I will cover what's in there a little bit later, but I'll flick left. Basic. Basic is what they've called this key group. In some ways, I think it could be called Essentials or something like that, but I'll double tap this. Basic. And that has given focus to the basic actions. I'm going to continue to flick left now. Search. Button. Link mode. Button. Arrange mode. Button. Next draft. Button. Previous draft. Dimmed. Button. These will be familiar, of course. We've seen these before. Pin current draft. Button. Operations. Button. Select. Button. Hide. Button. Mastodon Mushroom FM. Shift Option Command M. And here we are at the last action, actually, because I'm flicking backwards. And this is a Mastodon action that when I press the key will send what I've just written to my jonathan at social.mushroomfm.com Mastodon account. Now, that was a lot of flicking, and if you're going to use drafts regularly, I'd recommend getting a feel for the layout of the screen so that rather than just flicking around, you explore by touch and touch roughly where you need to be. It's pretty straightforward to get the layout when you've been using the app for a long time. I should also say that by default, you do not see the keyboard command that has been assigned to an action. So you will want to change that, I suggest, if you're going to make extensive use of keyboard shortcuts. And I will cover how to do that before we wrap. The way that I created this was to use the default Mastodon action. And I chose duplicate. And then I modified it to my liking, including assigning the shortcut and providing drafts with the necessary Mastodon credentials. The reason why all this is possible is that Mastodon has an excellent API. It encourages engagement from third parties. So Drafts has very full support for the Mastodon API to the point that you can actually create some very complex actions where you can have content warnings and all sorts of things going into your toot on Mastodon. So why bother doing this here. Why not just open your Mastodon app and do it there? It gives you the chance to create text and work on it carefully. And I think Mastodon encourages that behavior, but also it allows you to send things to multiple places. It also makes it really easy to keep a record of something important. So obviously you wouldn't use drafts if you were just replying, sending off a quick reply to a toot. But if you were composing something of significance, this is a very nice environment to do it in. You heard that sound, which indicates that actions are available. So let's flick down and see what those actions are. Edit. Duplicate. Delete. Drag item. Activate. Default. I think those are self-explanatory, but I'm going to flick down now and we're going to edit the action because this is a good way of inspecting an action and finding out how it does what it does. This is the equivalent of opening a series of JAWS scripts in the JAWS script editor, for example. It's often one of the best ways to learn how to write a JAWS script. You can inspect these actions that have shipped with drafts, or you can download any action from directory.getdrafts.com. If you do that from your device where draft is installed, the process is very simple for installing actions in drafts, you will find details about what the action does before you install it. Then you can go ahead and customize it. Sometimes customization is actually necessary to get the action to work. 
For example, a Mastodon action obviously isn't going to know your credentials, so you may need to edit the action to provide additional information. Similarly, other things that you might log into, such as WordPress, would also require some intervention from you. So let's double tap on this edit button. Edit. Done. Button. And let's take a look at the anatomy of an action because there is an order to these. And once you get used to it, you can navigate by heading to get right to the point that you want. I'll flick right. Edit action. Heading. Identification. Heading. The first is the identification heading. To keep things orderly, it's important that you have good information here. I'll flick right. Button. I don't know what that button does. That is an unlabeled button. I'll flick right. Action name, Mastodon Mushroom FM, text field. That is the name that I have given to this action. It's really clear, Mastodon Mushroom FM, so I know what that does. Steps, heading. And without any further ado, we're getting into the actual juice of it. What steps does this action perform? And I'll flick right. One step, Mastodon, button. There's just one step. And that is to post to Mastodon. Posting to Mastodon is a feature that is one of the many built into the actions library, if you will. It's one of the functions that you can use in any action. If you have multiple steps in an action, then it's important that those steps are in the correct order. So you can reorder those steps should you need to. I'll double tap and we'll inspect this one step. Mastodon host social.mushroomfm.com enabled iOS, macOS, button. This is now the step editor, for want of a better term. If I flick down here, because we heard that actions are available, as in voiceover actions. Delete, duplicate, drag item, activate, default. The drag item might be relevant if you're trying to make sure that these steps happen in the correct order, because essentially this is like a macro. So you've got to make sure that everything happens in the right order. There's only one step involved here. So I'm going to double tap this. Mastodon host, heading. And flick right. Host. Social.mushroomfm.com. Text field. This is where you enter your Mastodon host or instance. If you are on Mastodon, you will know what that is. It could be mstdn.social or tweezcake.social or any number of other instances. So you enter that here. Enter the domain name of the Mastodon instance hosting your account. That is, Mastodon Social. The specific account will be determined when authenticating. Template. Heading. Type. Drafts. We have several options here where I think the best way to explain them is to demonstrate the documentation that is available at docs.getdrafts.com. If you really want to get into this, the documentation for drafts is excellent. And let's listen to the relevant section here. Drafts uses templates to control how text is output in action steps. Templates allow for configurable values in actions to be dynamically constructed from text in your draft, insert timestamps, and other information without needing to alter the text in your draft. For most uses, Draft's own lightweight template engine is used to configure values. For some advanced uses cases requiring advanced features like conditional blocks, loops, layouts, it may be desirable to utilize mustache templates. Follow the links to below for details of the template tags available. And if you would like to know more about the pros and cons of either method, you can explore at your leisure. But there are various templates you can configure in this action for different things that you might do on Mastodon. Content warning template. Heading. There's the content warning template. I'm just navigating by heading now. Visibility. Heading. 
And now you can set your default visibility. So I'll flick right. Selected. Public. Button. Unlisted. Button. Private. Button. Direct. Button. Four of four. This is a simple way then to set up a template to send direct messages to people on Mastodon. Sensitive content. Switch button. Off. If enabled, the status update will be marked as sensitive. Credentials. Heading. Credential identifier. Jonathan at social.mushroomfm.com. Text field. Only required if using multiple Mastodon accounts with different actions, but we recommend entering your username here to better identify credentials. When you go into settings for drafts, you can see your credentials and delete them or modify them if you need to. Platforms. Heading. Step enabled on iOS. Switch button. On. Step enabled on Mac OS. Switch button. On. I think where this could be handy is if you are setting up an action where behavior might be different depending on whether you're using a Mac or an iPhone or iPad, you can have one action that perhaps has operating system specific steps. So this gives you a lot of power if you're steeped in the Apple ecosystem and you're using both Mac and iOS. Very well thought through. I'll go back now. Mastodon, host, social. So that was the first and only step in this action to post a toot to jonathan at social.mushroomfm.com made possible by the built-in Mastodon support. Now we're back in our list of steps and there's only one in this list, so I'll go back one more time. Identification, heading. We're back on this main screen for editing the action and I'll navigate by heading. Steps, heading. We've seen that. Description, heading. A good description is very much appreciated, particularly if you are going to upload your action to the drafts directory. Knowing precisely what it is supposed to do is a big time saver. So I'll flick right. Description. Poster Mastodon is a public status update, using the full text of the current draft as the content. Greater than star star important, star star after install, this action must be edited, setting the host in the Mastodon action step to the host of your Mastodon instance, that is, Mastodon social. For more examples, CR Mastodon integration guide. And then there's the URL. So there is a full Mastodon integration guide. There are quite a few integration guides. So if you're willing to put the work in and read the documentation, you will be amazed at how much automation you can do. This was the default description when I got the default Mastodon action that Greg has put together. And I haven't modified that. But if I were to, I would simply say that this particular action posts to my personal account on social.mushroomfm.com. I'll flick right. Action bar. Heading. Label. Label. Label displayed in action bar. Text field. Show icon on keyboard. Switch button. Off. External keyboard shortcut. Heading. All right, this is one that will appeal to many people. And let's talk about using external keyboards with draft actions. If your external keyboard is a QWERTY one, such as the one on the Mantis Braille display, or you have a commercially available mainstream QWERTY keyboard, then you will be golden. But if you have a Braille input keyboard, you can also use this feature. Braille input keyboards do have a way in VoiceOver to emulate the modifier keys like Shift, Control, and Option, and Command. So if you're willing to commit those to memory, you can also set up a series of shortcuts for actions that you perform regularly. It really is an efficiency win. So I'll flick right. Shortcut, Shift, Option, Command, M. 
How did I create that shortcut? It's really simple. Let's just keep flicking through. Clear shortcut button. We can clear the shortcut, but I don't want to do that. I'll flick right. Selected shift button. Now we have a series of buttons that determine what modifiers need to be pressed for this action to be activated. The first is the shift, and that is selected. That means that at least the shift key has to be pressed to modify this action. Selected option button. Now we've got shift and option selected. Control button. Control is not selected. And the reason for that is that if we start using control option, then we're getting into voiceover key territory and these actions won't get executed because voiceover has priority. Selected command button. The command key is selected. Key cap M text field. And there we go. In the text field, we just type the key that we want to execute once we've chosen what modifiers should accompany it. And that's how we've got the key combination that we have. I'll flick right. Select special key button. You can also select special keys. Let's have a look at what's available. Left arrow button, right arrow button, up arrow button, down arrow button, tab button, dismiss context menu button. Unfortunately, the backspace key doesn't appear to be there. And I think they call that the delete key in Apple land because what I'd really like to be able to do is assign command shift option backspace to send things to the trash but I haven't found a way to do that. To be fair, I haven't asked, so maybe there is a way to do that. I will dismiss this context menu. Done button. And now we're back at the done button, but let's continue to explore. Edit action, identification, steps, description. I'm just navigating by heading. Action bar, heading, external keyboard shortcut, heading. And we have now explored all the options available in the external keyboard shortcut, so I'll go to the next heading. After success. Heading. This determines what will happen if the action has successfully executed. I'll flick right. After success. Selected. Default. Button. One of five. You can set a default behavior for what happens in the event of a successful action execution. That's what you will get by default when you are creating a new action. But if you want to override that, then we can flick right. Nothing. Button. Archive. Button. Trash. Button. Ask button. This gives you a lot of power because if you have an action set up to send something somewhere or do something with a draft and you know that you will only use that action when you have content that's temporary in nature, you are never going to want to see that content again once you've done with it what you've done in the action. Then you can immediately send the draft to the trash if you wish and have it never seen again, or you can archive it. You've seen all those options there. So this affects what happens to the draft after the action has executed. Assign tags. Tags to assign. Tags to assign. Text field. This is another scenario which is quite common. You may not necessarily want to do anything with the draft, but you may want to record the fact that you have performed a particular action. One example I can immediately think of is, let's say that I have an email action and I want a tag to be assigned to every email that I have actually sent. Or maybe I'm composing something in drafts with a view to sending it to day one journal. Once I've sent it there and the action has successfully executed, I may want to give that draft a tag to reflect that. Separate multiple tags with a comma. Advanced. Heading. We have an advanced section finally. Confirm before running. Switch button. On. 
Now, I've got this one on, and the reason for that is I've got a hotkey set up to post any draft that I write to my Mushroom FM account. I don't want to hit that by mistake. I don't want to be somewhere where there's a cat in the room who jumps on the keyboard and maybe some amazing journal entry that I never want anyone else to see is sent off to the Mushroom FM account. No, thank you. So I've set this on so that when I press the hotkey or double tap on the action, it says, are you sure that you want to perform this action? And it tells me what the action is. It's just one extra step, but it gives you a lot of peace of mind, particularly when you're looking at posting from drafts to social media. Notification. None. Button. Errors. Button. Selected. All. Button. Log level. None. Button. Errors. Button. Selected. All. Button. Visibility. iOS. Heading. Visible in list. Switch button. On. It's visible in the iOS list, and that's why we were able to find it. Visible in action bar. Switch button on. Visibility, Mac OS, heading. Visible in list, switch button on. Visible in action bar, switch button on. The reason why you're hearing that pause, by the way, is because these are two separate elements. So the label is separate from the prompt, which is slightly time consuming because one would hope that when you flicked to an item, you would hear the prompt and the button. But actually in this screen, you do not. You've got to hear the prompt and then flick and then you hear the button. Drafts directory, heading, shared drafts directory, button. Well, obviously there's no point in me doing that because this is simply a modification of Greg's brilliant work. So I've created nothing special here. And that is the anatomy of an action. What I'd like to do now is just tour some of these actions that are available, some of which I've created or modified, most of which come shipped with drafts. I have installed one or two, and we'll talk about the value that some of them add. I have kept a lot of the defaults that I will delete once I complete this tutorial, because I know some people use different applications from me, but having actions around that I don't need creates a bit of clutter. And so I will remove that clutter and streamline my drafts to include just the actions that I will use. And I mean, it's not an irrevocable thing. If you delete an action that you later want, you can get it back either in the drafts directory, or you can actually restore the default actions from drafts. If you do that, it won't override any new actions that you've created. It will just bring deleted ones back that shipped by default with the app. I'll go to the top of the screen. Done. Button. There's the done button. I'll double tap. Drafts. Button. And let's go back and have a look at some of the actions under the basic category to begin with. Mastodon Mushroom FM. Shift Option Command M. I'll flick left. Mastodon Jonathan Mosen. Shift Option Command J. This is just another copy of the default Mastodon action that Greg has put together. This one is set up to post to my Jonathan Mosen at tweezcake.social address. Email to myself, shift option command E. There are times when it's useful to email something to yourself, and this is an action that came with draft. I've assigned a hotkey to it, and I just press that, and it will email whatever is in the draft to myself. The subject line will be the first line of the draft. So it is important that's a pretty consistent convention, whether it be the title of a document or the subject line of an email, put that at the top and then press return slash enter and then start writing. The rest of it will be the body of the email. 
I will show you how that works a little bit later as we move through actions. Sheet in Ulysses, option U. I'm a big Ulysses fan, and I know people will be saying, well, are you not using Ulysses anymore? I think they are slightly different tools. The exporting in Ulysses is particularly powerful if you're using mainstream technologies like Word and PDF. So I'm finding myself writing a lot in drafts, but then sometimes I'll just send it to Ulysses. I don't recall whether this is one of the actions that ships with drafts or whether I downloaded this from the directory, but I got it set up and I assigned a keyboard shortcut to it. When it comes simply to sending things to other places or other apps, I've tried to make that process simple as opposed to publishing to social media or doing something a bit more public. In that case, I've added a few more keystrokes to try and guard against inadvertently sending. So we've got a few measures in place there to stop that. So I can just press Option U when I've written something and it will send it out to Ulysses. Day one. Option D. I've mentioned Day One several times in this review. Day One is an accessible journaling app. If you only want to create one journal, you may well be able to get away with the free version, but the paid version to which you subscribe allows you to create an unlimited number of journals and do a few more things. And because Draft is such a good place to go to just start typing and get your thoughts down, Drafts and Day One really a match made in heaven because you can just get your thoughts down. And in my case, I press my option D and it sends to my main day one journal. Really slick. I left this one in to show you that it's there. Tweet with Twitter app. I'm no longer using Twitter, but you can tweet with the Twitter app. Reminder in Fantastical, option R. Back in episode 173, I provided a demonstration of the Fantastical app. This is a calendar app. It also integrates with various reminder services. And Drafts and Fantastical are an amazing combination. As you will recall, if you heard that review, Fantastical uses natural language. So the idea is that you can fire up the app and type something like meet with Jonathan next Tuesday at 9 a.m. You can use other syntax too that includes a location, various other things. Well, if you are in a situation where you just need to get something down, you can open a draft and type something like that. And even if you're in an appointment, say you're in a doctor's surgery or somewhere where you just need to get the information down right away and deal with it later, you can dictate in drafts or use Siri with drafts or whatever it takes, get the information in there. And when you have a bit of time, perhaps when you're home again, you can tweak the language a little bit if you need to and send it to Fantastical. So this is now the way that I am making appointments most of the time. I just double tap drafts in my dock. I type something like meet with Phil next Tuesday at 9 a.m. I press my hotkey to send it to Fantastical and it's done. My appointment is created. Now, this is the reminder action. And this is an easy way to get reminders into your reminder app of choice via Fantastical, whether that be the default iOS reminders app, which has become pretty good in recent times, or something like Todoist, which Fantastical also supports. If I flick left. Event in Fantastical, option C. Option C for calendar, that made sense to me. And this is the event in Fantastical. Let's have a look at how this one works. I'll flick down. Edit. And double tap to edit. Done. Button. And I'm going to navigate by heading this time. Edit action. Heading. Identification. Heading. Steps. Heading. It's the steps that we're interested in. When you want to look at an action to see how is it doing what it's doing so that you are increasing your knowledge of drafts, you want to get to the steps section. 
One step, callback URL, button. I wanted to show you this because this is a different technique than the one that was used for Mastodon. Mastodon has an API, an application programming interface, which is available to developers. And Greg Pierce has made excellent use of that. In this case, the way that we are getting into Fantastical is through what's called a callback URL. Without getting too geeky on you about this, most of us know what a URL is, and we think of it mainly as a web address. The HTTPS colon slash slash mosin.org, for example, is a URL. But URLs can have a range of prefixes. It's the prefix that is often the critical thing. It tells the URL where it needs to send the data. For example, if you've got a URL that says mail to colon jonathan at mushroomfm.com, that will open your default email client and allow you to send an email to me. Now, callback URLs allow one app to send data to another. And Greg Pierce was particularly influential in encouraging the uptake of these callback URLs because they go back to a time when Apple had far fewer APIs that permitted the sharing of data. So let's inspect how that works in the context of Fantastical. I'll double tap. Callback URL, Fantastical 2, slash slash x callback URL slash pod slash, sentence equals, dr, enabled, iOS, macOS, button. And that's really all we need to know to understand what's going on here. What's happening is that the Fantastical app is being called with some parameters that tell Fantastical, okay, the data that you're now getting is an event. And Fantastical will return something to drafts to say, yep, I got it, I get it, I understand it. And when Fantastical sends that to drafts, drafts will consider the action to have successfully completed. You may be able to find online whether a particular app that you're interested in supports X callback URLs or something similar, and you'll be able to pass that information to drafts. If you just want to make something go, go to the drafts community, ask about it. If it can be done, then you will certainly get the help that you need on the drafts community forum. Because most of us just want this stuff to work. And for me, it does. I type my calendar invitation. I press option C and we're good. I'm going to go back. One step. Callback URL. Button. Now double tap the done button. Done. Button. And we're back. Done. Drafts. Button. My next action here in the basics group. Print. Is print. And we do actually have an iOS-capable printer connected to our network. I don't print very often, so I've not used this action, but it's good to know that it exists. Append to Google Drive Journal. Draft has several actions like this where you can create a text file that is specific to each month on various cloud services. And when you perform this action, it will append the text of the draft to that journal file. And I know this because all I had to do was go into the edit option for the action and take a look at how the step was constructed. There was also a very good description of this action. When you look at the way that the files are named, you can see that there are variables in there, which means that a file will be created reflecting the current month. This introduces the concept of variables to draft actions. It makes them very powerful. And my layman's definition of variable would be it's kind of like a placeholder. It's expecting something from you or it's expecting something from somewhere. So a variable could pick up items from the system as well. The drafts documentation summarizes all the variables that are available to you. And if you really want to make the most of actions, I encourage you to take a look at that. Or you can have a look at some of the actions that ship with drafts 
and you may be able to pick up from context the way that the variables work. Save to Google Drive. There's another option to save to Google Drive. Append to OneDrive journal. Similar options for OneDrive now. Save to OneDrive. And with these save options, you can easily get material out of drafts into something in plain text formats that can be used by anything. Evernote is Todos. There's some Evernote support here. Append to Evernote journal. Save to Evernote. Append to Dropbox journal. Save to Dropbox. Append to iCloud journal. Save to files as Ellipsis. Save to files. So you've got a couple of options pertaining to the iOS Files app. There's a Save As option, so you can give it a specific file name, or there's a Save option, which is similar to some of the other options we've seen, where it will use the top line of the draft as the file name. Reminder. List in Reminders. Google Search, Option G. This is a quick way to perform a Google search. You can just open Drafts and you can type what you're searching for and press Option G or whatever hotkey you assign. It's not assigned by default. And what you may like to do for that action is to make sure that as soon as you've done the Google search, the item is trashed because it's unlikely that you are going to keep your Google searches. Share. So this one uses the iOS share sheet to get information out of Drafts and send it somewhere. Message Bonnie. Shift Option Command B. Now this is one that I've created, and when I press that key, as we heard at the beginning, it will message Bonnie. Message Option I. This sends an I message. It's great, so I can just type something or dictate something, press Option I, and I'll be invited to address the message to a group of people or to a single person, and then it will go away and send the message. Markdown Mail Option E. I use the Markdown Mail option an awful lot, mainly because the Mail app in iOS is really badly behaved a lot of the time. For example, at the moment, for me anyway, when I try to navigate through misspelled words, it tells me that there are none, even though I know that there are. And you don't want to send things out with misspellings if you can avoid it. So I write all my email in drafts now when I'm working with the iPhone, and then I use this Markdown Mail option. Let's have a look at this one. Edit. I'll double tap. Done. Button. And we'll navigate to the steps. Edit action. Heading. Identification. Heading. Steps. Heading. One step. Mail. Button. I'll double tap. Mail. Two. Template. Percent percent. Body. Percent percent. Enabled. iOS. Mac OS. Button. I'll double tap. Recipients. Heading. Two. Email addresses. Text field. If you leave this blank, which it is by default, then you'll be prompted for who you want to send the email to. But the really cool thing is that you can modify this so that you have recipients in the to field. And that means that you can really easily email people that you want to contact regularly. Select contact button. And you can select the recipients from your contacts. CC. Email addresses. Text field. Select contact button. BCC. Email addresses, text field, select contact, button, separate multiple recipients with a comma, subject, heading, title, text field. I'm reading that on the Braille display, and what I read is two left square brackets followed by the word title and then two right square brackets. The reason for that is this is a variable. The title of a draft is its first line, so for the subject line, it is going to use the title. If I flick right, body, heading, type, 
drafts. Percent percent body percent percent text field. This is a bit of a different one because we do have the word body surrounded by square brackets, just like we had the word title surrounded by two square brackets. But what's different here is that we also have two percent signs on either side of that variable body. Why? Well, the reason why is that this invokes a special drafts translation feature which will convert Markdown to HTML. So if you want to bold and italicize, perhaps you're writing something a bit lengthy and you want to create headings in your email, you can do all of that with Markdown in drafts. And because this particular action has those 2% signs on either side of the variable, it will invoke the action. And this is something that I'm also using when sending material to WordPress, and I'll talk about that soon. So this is a pretty generic action that will email whoever I specify, but it's really easy to duplicate this action and turn it into emailing someone specific. So you can knock yourself out with a whole lot of person-specific actions so that you have hotkeys where you just type your text, press that hotkey, you will have emailed somebody specific. Let's go back now. Mail to edit action back button. One step done. But done. Drafts button. We're back in our draft. Another action. Copy shift command C. This just saves a little bit of time because rather than having to select the entirety of the draft and then copy it to the clipboard, you can execute this action and copy it to the clipboard. So it just saves one keystroke really. We could go on for quite some time looking at the various actions and what they do, but I hope that what I've shown you is first the power that is available in drafts, and second, how to inspect an action so you understand what it does and you can modify or duplicate the action if necessary. I do, as they say in the Apple demos, want to show you one more thing, and I really like this action that Greg Pierce has helped me create because I'm an efficiency ninja, and this is one of the things that really appeals to me about drafts. If you take the time, invest the time, as I've done over my summer break, to do all this customization, the time savings really do add up. And one of the things that I do most weeks is send out a post telling you what's coming up on the next edition of Mosin at Large. And you can get that post in a number of ways. It automatically gets tooted and tweeted and posted to Facebook. It goes to the email list and it also goes on the Mosin.org blog. A lot of that is automated and it's automated because once it gets to WordPress, I have a service called IFTTT that takes care of a lot of the rest. But I have up until this point been going through the manual process of first posting to the email list and then sending that post to WordPress by logging in and doing a good old copy and paste from a Word document. With drafts, I now have an action where I write the promotional message in drafts and then with the press of a key, I can send that to WordPress and to the email list. So this is actually a multi-step action, and this is the first multi-step action that we've looked at in this review. To get there, I'm going to go to the bottom of the screen. Settings, edit, pro, key, 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 Mosin at large. I just quickly flicked back to get to the Mosin at large actions group, and I will double tap. Basic, Mosin at large. Now the actions have changed because I've chosen a different group. I'll flick back a little more. Link, array, next drive, previous, pin car, operations. Select, hide, Mosin at large promo. And this is the one, Mosin at large promo. So I'm going to flick down. Edit. And we'll have a look at this. 
Done. Button. Edit action. Heading. Identification. Heading. I'm navigating by heading. Steps. Heading. Let's have a look at the steps. Two steps. Prompt. WordPress. Button. Now, this is the power of variables and the power of the prompt function that exists in drafts. One of the things that I couldn't resolve myself that Greg assisted me with was that if you look very carefully at the structure of the URLs of the promotional messages that I send to Mosin at large, you will know there's a syntax behind them, and there has been for some time. If you want, for example, to find out what was coming up in episode, I don't know, 181, then you could go to mosin.org slash malppreview0181, and the post will come up. And I've tried to be consistent about that URL structure. So I had everything working, but I wanted to be able to keep that URL structure and didn't know how to get it done. The first step was to be prompted for the slug that is to say, the little appendix that gets assigned to a URL. I'll double tap so that we can view these steps in detail. Prompt, title, prompt, enabled, iOS, macOS, button. I'll double tap. Prompt, heading. And flick right. Key. Prompt, text field. Now the key is prompt, and hopefully this will become self-explanatory as we move through. Title. Prompt, text field. This is the title of the prompt that will pop up. So what this function will do is come up with a little window on the screen and ask you something. And at the moment, it's simply called prompt. Clear text. Button. Key used to generate tags for use in templates, like prompt underscore button. Message. Heading. Enter WordPress slug. Text field. That's the message. So when the prompt comes up on the screen, it's going to say, into WordPress slug. So I would just type in something like MALP preview followed by the episode number and choose the OK, and it will then use that information in this action. Input, heading, include text field, switch button, on, default, default field text, text field. There is no default. Double tap, buttons, heading, include cancel button, switch button, on, buttons, OK. Text field. There's an OK button because we want to be able to dismiss the dialogue. Separate multiple button names with vertical line character. And those are the salient points of this particular step. So it is capturing a variable called prompt. It will use that variable to get the show slug. So let's go back to the previous screen. Prompt, edit action, back button. I'll flick right. WordPress, enabled, iOS, macOS. Button. This governs the actual posting to WordPress. So I'll double tap. Credentials. Heading. Credential identifier. Mosin at large. Text field. WordPress actions using the same identifier will target the same host and share the same authentication information. Leave blank if you're only using one WordPress blog. Post title. Heading. Title. Title. Text field. And we're seeing title in square brackets. And that means that for the title of the WordPress post, it's going to take the first line of my document. Post content, heading, type, drafts, percent, percent, body, percent, percent. Text. And we've seen this with email. You've got the percent, percent indicating that it's going to do some translation from Markdown to HTML. And for the body of the WordPress post, it's going to take the body of the draft. Open in editor. Button, go down, button, post status, heading, selected, draft, button, 
Now, at the moment, I've got my post status set to draft. And the reason for that, and this is a WordPress draft, it can get very confusing, but this is a draft on WordPress. And the reason for that is that I have been tweaking and testing, and I don't want those tests to bother people and to go public. So when I'm confident in this action, I will set the default from draft to published. Pending. Button. Private. Button. Published. Button. That will be the default eventually. Post format, heading, selected, standard, button, link, button. And obviously the reason all these options are coming up is that Draft has excellent native support for WordPress. Status, button, three, quote, button, classification, heading, categories. Now we've got the categories and I always assign promotional messages to a category. Mosin at large preview. Text Which is the Mosin at Large preview category. And that's another way that you can go back and look at all the preview messages because they've all got that category assigned to them. Drafts allows me to do that. Tags. Optional tags. Text field. I will leave that blank for now. Separate multiple entries with commas. Post slug. Optional. Heading. Slug. Prompt underscore text. Text field. Aha. Hopefully the penny just dropped because in this field for the slug, we have in square brackets prompt underline text. So it is getting the data from that first step that we saw where it prompted me for the show slug and it's putting it in here in the right place. If there were nothing here, then WordPress would use the default behavior for working out what a slug should be. And that's not what I want. Excerpt optional, heading, text field, user comments, heading, selected, closed, open, custom field one, opt name, custom field name. And we've got some other items there, but that is how WordPress works. Now, there will be a third action, which I have not yet added for the same reason that I have currently set this to draft status on WordPress itself. And that is that when I'm ready to go with this action, I will add markdown mail as the third step. So what it will do when I run the action, it will prompt me for the slug. It will then post to WordPress, and then it will go ahead and post that same information to the email list. That will save me a lot of time, and it will just be a key press away. And the interesting thing is that we haven't even had to resort to any kind of scripting. And indeed, some of the actions, for example, the dictation one, where we inserted dictation at the current cursor position, that is done with scripting as well. And there are plenty of people who would be able to assist you with that. That's a very broad overview of draft actions. And I hope at the very least it's whetted your appetite and helped you appreciate just how you can really save a lot of time. You can automate a lot of common tasks. You can put this one app in your dock get text into it and send it on its merry way. If you want to file things in drafts, you can do that too. Draft is a mature product, so chances are that there is an action in the drafts directory that can do what you want to do if drafts is capable of doing it. So for most people, the best course of action would be to download a draft action that is quite close to doing what you want and tweaking it. But it's very easy to create an action from scratch in drafts. Scripting takes things to a whole different level, and I won't cover that here. But when the actions options are visible on the screen, you'll find something called new action button. And this is very similar to the new draft button that's also available. When you double tap this, you're not immediately plonked into a new action. You've got a menu that pops up. And the first option will be new action. 
button. So that's a little bit confusing because it feels like nothing's happened. But actually, if you double tap again, you will get into new action. New separator. Button. Visit directory. Find ready-to-use actions from the community. Button. Manage actions. Button. We'll go back. Visit new set. New action. Button. And double tap new action and find out what it's like to create one from scratch. Done. Button. We'll flick right. Edit action. Heading. Identification. Heading. Button. Action name. Name. Text field. You'll be familiar with this screen because it's exactly the same as the edit screen. So I'm going to navigate by heading. Steps. Heading. And of course, we've got no steps in this case because this is a brand new action. Zero steps. Button. Description. Heading. Now we're on to description. So what we have to do is flick left. Zero steps. Button. And double tap on zero steps because that takes us into the steps editor, for want of a better term. No steps defined. That's right. There are no steps defined, so we need to add one. I'll flick left. Steps. Heading. Add. Button. And I can double tap on add. Cancel. Button. Now we've got a little context menu that has popped up. And this allows us to explore the kinds of steps that are available when creating actions this way. The kind of automated shortcut style way. Step type. Heading. System. Heading. Clipboard. Manipulate contents of system clipboard. As is quite common in drafts, we've got now a series of headings on the screen. And under each heading, you'll find a series of steps. So the first heading is called System. And this simply copies something to the clipboard. That can be quite useful, particularly if you pair it, say, with a variable like body. And that's what the action did that we saw just before, where you can copy the whole content of a draft with a single keystroke or a double tap of the action. Mail. Send email message. Message. Send iMessage with Messages app. Share. Open system share sheet. And if we double tap on this step, it will be inserted into our action and we'll have the chance to configure the step. Reminder, create single task in reminders. List in reminders, create list of tasks in reminders based on lines in the draft. Event, create calendar event using system event card. Export, export to file. Open in, ellipsis. Export as file via iOS open in sharing. Print, print air print printer as text or HTML. Social, heading. Now we're on to the social heading. So all these steps are grouped logically together, and it means it's really quick for you to find the kind of step that you want. Twitter, post status updates to Twitter. Mastodon, post status update to Mastodon. Services, heading. And now we're on to services. File, create or modify local or iCloud file. Dropbox, upload and modify files in Dropbox. Google Drive, upload and modify files in Google Drive. Gmail. Send email using your Gmail account. Google Task. Create single task in Google Tasks. List in Google Tasks. Create list of tasks in Google Tasks based on lines in the draft. OneDrive. Upload and modify files on Microsoft's OneDrive service. OneNote. Create and modify notes on Microsoft's OneNote service. Outlook. Send email using Outlook.com account. Microsoft To-Do. Create single task in Microsoft To-Do. List in Microsoft To-Do. Create list of tasks in Microsoft to do based on lines in the draft. Box, upload and modify files on box.com service. Evernote, upload and modify notes in Evernote. Notion, create and modify content in Notion. Todoist, add task to Todoist inbox. WordPress, upload post to a WordPress site. We took a look at WordPress a moment ago, of course, but just to emphasize that you can use a self-hosted WordPress site. Mine is self-hosted. 
In other words, it's not using WordPress.com or any kind of service like that. Medium. Post your Medium.com account. Web dev. Write files to web dev enabled server. Utility. Heading. Now we're on to the utilities category. Configure window. Change view options for the active window. Create draft. Create new draft with options. Insert text. Insert text of the cursor in the current draft. Define template tag. Define a template tag for use in other steps. You could create an action which creates a draft that has some pre-populated text, for example, and it may have some variables in there where today's date is inserted. So you can create some actions where a lot of text is filled in where that makes sense. Advanced. Heading. Script. Run JavaScript. Run Apple Script. Run Apple Script. URL. Open URL for another Apple website. So that's pretty simple. You could actually have a series of hotkeys from drafts to launch certain pages. It can be a substitute for favorites. Callback URL. Open X callback URL with the ability to wait on a response. And we saw that in action with Fantastical. That works very well. Prompt. Prompt with buttons and optional text input. And that is the prompt function that allows me to specify every time I run my Mosin at Large promo action, the slug of the WordPress post that I'm creating. HTML preview. Display web view for HTML content. Run shortcut. Run shortcut app shortcut. Include action. Include steps from another action in the current action. And those are all the tools you have in the actions toolbox without having to know a line of code. This is a very impressive set of parameters that we've got to play with here. I'm going to go back out. Edit action. Back button. And go back. Zero steps. Button. And I'll need to delete this action later because we haven't done anything with it. Done. Button. But I'll choose done for now. Drafts. Button. Now, as promised, I want to show you how you can make sure that the keyboard shortcut for any action is visible when you're moving around here because you may go over the top and create a lot of actions with keyboard shortcuts and it may take a while for you to commit those to memory. When the options pertaining to actions are visible on the screen, so you've got things like new action and you've got the action groups visible, towards the top of the screen, you'll find an option called Options button. Options, funnily enough, and I'll double tap that. Close button. I'll flick right. List options. Heading. Display actions. Heading. Selected. Supported. Button. One of three. This can eliminate a bit of clutter by just showing you the actions that are contextually relevant at any given time. All visible. Button. All. Button. Show keyboard shortcuts. Switch button. On. And that is the key one. Go in here into options and make sure that this is enabled. And then if you do like to assign a lot of keyboard shortcuts to actions as I do, they will be visible. When you are flicking around the screen and you find an action that has got a keyboard shortcut, you'll be able to hear what that keyboard shortcut is. There are other things that you can configure in Draft. There's a multi-page screen under Editor Settings that makes the editor very configurable. In the interests of time, I won't explore that now, but you can do that. And also under Settings, there are various things that you can configure in the app. But already, this overview of drafts has run a long time, and that's because this simple little app, at least it appears so when you first launch it, actually does a lot. And when you harness its power, I feel confident it will change the way that you use your phone for the better. Draft is also, of course, available on iPadOS and macOS and watchOS as well. I've been using Drafts Pro for this demonstration, and you can subscribe to that for $1.99 US per month or $19.99 per year. 
when you take out that subscription, it works everywhere. So if you have a Mac, the drafts version of Mac, which is actually a completely different app, will work there. And you get the apps for iOS and iPadOS and watchOS as well. What is also cool is that family sharing is supported. So for example, now that I've bought the Drafts Pro subscription, Bonnie can use it too. For me, given all that this does, $19.99 a year US is a steal. Especially when you get a developer at the other end who is responsive, who cares about voiceover, who is constantly improving the product. To find out more about Draft, you can search for Drafts in the App Store, or you can go to getdrafts.com. That's getdrafts.com. Transcripts of Living Blindfully are brought to you by Numa Solutions, a global leader in accessible cloud technologies. On the web at numasolutions.com. That's P-N-E-U-M-A solutions.com. To conclude this look at drafts, let's go back to Wenwei Fisher, who we heard from earlier in the show, to give us a bit of an audio demonstration of the way that she works with drafts. Hi, I'm Wenwei. I hope you all are having a great day or a great night, wherever you might be in the world. I generally prefer to send written contributions because I don't really like the sound of my own voice. But alas, I must make an exception because I would like to briefly demonstrate a couple of things that I touched upon in my extremely long email. I will primarily focus on how you can leverage draft actions to navigate text if you're primarily reliant on speech output. The text I'm using is from Jonathan's website, livingblindfully.com. Thanks, Jonathan, for providing the text. It has been extremely useful for my purposes. Please note that this is not a voiceover tutorial, nor is it a draft tutorial. Jonathan has already covered that. So I'm not going to be indicating the voiceover gestures or the draft keyboard shortcuts that I use to run actions. You might be wondering, why do I even need a draft action to facilitate text navigation? As I already mentioned in my email, sometimes navigating text using standard voiceover commands can be a little finicky. When a text edit field is activated, VoiceOver only reads the first couple of sentences in the paragraph. Similarly, VoiceOver doesn't necessarily read or indicate which paragraph is in focus, whether you choose to use the standard VoiceOver command to move by paragraph or whether you use option up arrow and option down arrow to place focus at the beginning or end of a paragraph. These keyboard shortcuts do function as expected. You just may not necessarily hear VoiceOver announce where it is focused in the document. So for this reason, I find draft actions a lot more reliable in this respect. So I'm going to quickly demonstrate what I briefly explained, and then I'm going to run my move by next sentence action. So I have drafts pulled up already. Let's just see where the voiceover focuses. Size is highly dominant sense. If you have it, naturally you will use it for a lot of things. But if you don't have it, or you don't have as much size as you used to, it's still possible to live rich, full life. This podcast is all about how it's done. Okay, so now I'm going to move by sentence and show you what will happen. Size is highly dominant sense. If you have it, naturally you will use it for a lot of things. But if you don't have it, are you? Yep, and I can no longer move further in the document, unless I move to a different paragraph. Similarly, if I move by paragraph, this is what happens. Size is highly dominant sense. If you have it, naturally you will use it for a lot of things. But if you don't have it, or you don't have as much size as you used to, it's still possible to live a rich, full life. This podcast is all about how it's done. Okay, so far so good. Empty line. Now, voiceover says empty line. 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 Keep in mind that I am literally just moving to the next paragraph. Empty line. Empty line. Empty line. 
Empty line. Welcome sighted wise and family members who have an interest in what blind people are thinking and talking about. Living blindfully is unapologetically for blind people by blind people. There are other great places to go to learn about how blind people do what we do, but there are few places that probably cater to the blind community. So if you're not blind but you're interested in an unfiltered discussion about what's occupying the blind community, you come to tea. And that's it. And I promise you there is significantly more text above this paragraph that VoiceOver just read. Let's, in fact, preview what this text actually says. Close. Button. Reading mode. Disabled. Button. HTML. Cool. Button. Welcome to Living Blindfully. Heading level 2. Sight is a highly dominant sense. If you have it, naturally you'll use it for a lot of things. But if you don't have it, or you don't have as much sight as you used to, it's still possible to live a rich, full life. This podcast is all about how it's done. We discuss tips and tricks, but we frankly discuss the barriers too, ranging from attitudinal barriers to accessibility barriers and more. You'll hear plenty about technology on Living Blindfully, because when blind people have the skills to use it and when the tech is behaving itself, it's key to functional and economic independence. Whether it's a tech question from our community, a handy tip about getting the most from your screen reader, a demonstration of a cool new app for your smartphone, or discussion about a serious accessibility issue that is causing problems, you'll learn about it on Living Blindfully. We eat out sometimes, but we always make a point of bringing people along for the ride and making sense of it all. But technology is simply a tool to help us live blindfully, so our podcast discusses much more. The topics on each episode vary a lot, but it's not uncommon to hear discussion about travel, cooking, relationships, self-care, sleep, history, and even politics. After all, blind people have a diverse mix of interests and opinions as anyone else. Okay. Meanwhile, running a draft's action makes things feel a lot more predictable. Now I'm going to run my move by next sentence action. But first, I would like to make sure that I'm at the top of the paragraph. I think I'm just going to go to the top of the document. Start of text. Number sign, number sign, welcome to living blindfully. Empty line. Sight is a highly dominant sense. If you have it, naturally you'll use it for a lot of things. But if you don't have it, or you don't have as much sight as you used to, it's still possible to live a rich, full life. You'll hear plenty about technology on living blindfully, because when blind people have the skills to use it and when the tech is behaving itself, it's key to functional and economic independence. We discuss tips and tricks, but we frankly discuss the barriers too, ranging from attitudinal barriers to accessibility barriers and more. Empty line. Empty line. Whether it's a tech question from our community, a handy tip about getting the most from your screen reader, a demonstration of a cool new app for your smartphone, or discussion about a serious accessibility issue that is causing problems, you'll learn about it on living blindfully. Okay, so that is how I navigate by sentence in drafts. The actions that I've written to navigate by previous sentence and to navigate by paragraphs essentially function the same way. If you would like to navigate by heading, you will also need to run an action for that. As I understand it, drafts is a plain text editor, so it's not going to recognize text attributes or structural semantic elements like headings. Anyway, I hope you find this demonstration useful. And if you have any questions for me specifically, I'm sure that you can find me online on Mastodon somewhere. So have a great rest of the day. Have a great evening. Whatever time it is for you. Take care. Happy writing. Thank you for taking the time to do that, Winway. And after all the times I've read your contributions, finally we get to hear you speak on the podcast. And not because we've been going on for a long time about drafts, but actually because it would be impossible to follow an act like that. I'm going to wrap it up at this point. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have found this helpful and that you might consider integrating drafts into your life. I'll be back next week, most likely with some audio from the NFB convention. Remember that when you're out there with your guide dog, you've harnessed success. And with your cane, you're able. If you've enjoyed this episode of Living Blindfully, please tell your friends and give us a five-star review. That helps a lot. If you'd like to submit a comment for possible inclusion in future episodes, be in touch via email, write it down, or send an audio attachment. Opinion at livingblindfully.com or phone us. The number in the United States is 86460 Mosin. That's 86460 6736 